Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to go on Thursday this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on this cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Thursday, August 27, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. We're going to try this again tonight. Not only do I have David Starr back on, I also have Shane Strickland on. What's going on, guys? Yo. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, man? Dude, I'm pumped. Wait, so now how much of yesterday got put on to the podcast? Uh, you know, we got the fifty whatever minutes. You know, the whole, the whole thing, pretty much, until you got cut oh, off. Okay. Once until you got cut off, all cut out. Yeah, I right much when did, Star uh, comes right. in, the show goes. The show goes under when Star comes in. Mister Ray, that's how you know on there is when the houses go down and the shows are canceled. Boom. 
Yeah. So, so um, yeah, man. Um, last night we left off uh, talking about the Zandig versus the DJ era. I guess yeah. you know we'll pick up where that that left off. And um, okay, I remember yeah. my question, which was okay because you had ma- you had made a statement because uh, when I asked you what makes a John Zandig guy, what makes a DJ Hyde guy, uh, or fan that is really, um, you at the end had said DJ's not John Zandig, and I asked. Uh, is DJ cool. trying to be John Zandig? And then that yeah, was when we got right. cut off. Okay. You know what? Ooh, that was right. Great. That's a good question to get cut off on, too. Um, well, basically, uh, to a certain extent, um, DJ tries to be a lot of things, and I think that's half the problem. I, I think if DJ was just a humble dude and books stuff that people like to see, he'd get the fans behind him because, I mean, they're, they're paying fans. They're there for a reason. So if, if he acted, you know, somewhat of a guy that was just trying to – you know, do the right thing, I think fans would take that as genuine. A lot of times DJ tries to be, you know, the conqueror. He tries to, you know, his music hits and he wants to be the, uh, I don't know what kind of shit you got going on over there. Uh, it's not me. Shane, oh, I'm huh? going all over the house. <laughs> I'm going through the house right now. <laughs> this dude's like ice skating or some shit. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, you know, sometimes he does that, you know, where he wants to come out and splash milk chocolate and stuff like that. And the fans the fans aren't behind him being a monster, whether he wants to be or not. And I know he owns the company. I've made this comparison a bunch of times. It's like, you know, he owns the company. He can do whatever he wants. It's like if you ran a, a little local store and you just played shitty music in the store all day. I mean, if people come in your store, they're going to have to deal with your music because you own the store. That doesn't mean you can't make them a little happier while you're there and, you know, <laughs> kind of make it a little more to their liking. But I think that's DJ's problem as far as the, the Zandig comparison. People are always going to look for a Zandig, but, um, you know, he's he's a completely different person. And, and that, that's fine. But um, uh, CCW just has a different aura. And, again, part of it he can help, part of it he can't. Um, and, and I think that's the big separation. Okay. Well, then, what do you think, as a fan, would be able to bring you more into, I guess, like, I don't know how to put it. What would, what as a fan do you think is, would, could change that would make it more to your liking? Like, what do you mm-hmm. think would, I guess, in this case, turn, turn the company around, even though it is, it is doing quite well as far as, uh, the attendance is fine. Uh, I seem to see more CZW merchandise around everywhere I go. I hear more people knowing about CZW. Uh, sure. But like, what do you think that? What do you think would would I guess change your mind as far as the way you see CZW? What would make it better? Oh, it's. I mean, there's a lot of things obviously that can make anything better, but um, I, I don't necessarily see that there's you know a a huge thing wrong with cdw the comparison comes because mostly in defense a lot of times what happens is you know you get these fans and i've heard it more and more these days and that argument drives me crazier than than anything i could hear out of cdw new cdw fans is that cdw was all deathmatch wrestling until dj showed up and he invented wrestling and then now everybody gets to watch a lot of different things as opposed to, you know, John Zandig that just had eight light tube matches on a card, which is absolutely absurd. So a lot of the, you know, 
Zandig fan, Zandig fan, like that thing comes more out of a line of defense because, you know, it's it's not quite as a lot of people paint it because they just showed up and they, you know, they make up their own story. Yeah, um, like people that look, you're saying people look down on deathmatch wrestling and they look down even more on deathmatch wrestling fans. So these fans of the newer CCW uh, or DJ era CCW, I should say, they kind of like to paint the picture that Zandig CCW was all death matches. So they looked down on the people that were fans of that, even though that wasn't the case. And uh, John Zandig right. brought in great wrestlers all the time. Right. I mean, the same way that they're painting that now is the same way that people can paint this product if they really wanted to. You know, you, you could say that, oh, Tournament of Death, that's all they do is they run around and, you know, light tube matches and barbed wire and fans bring the weapons. But if you're not looking at the, the actual product, then that's that's all you're going to see. And that's, you know, the same thing with the old product. But if you have to go back to VHS tapes or, you know, they don't do the work to actually see that it, it was never that. But, hmm. um, one, okay. of the, one of the, so, one of the things okay, that... Oh, one of the things I like, I like, I, I didn't know too much about OCCW, like the Zandig era mm-hmm. one. I don't, I don't remember too much um, storylines and angles. I just remember a lot of matches being booked. I don't remember like I, too many like stories, like storylines besides like CCW versus ROH, where like, like, but not too many other stories where they like kind of intertwine between characters and then like this came back and it all culminated to one big thing. Maybe just like. Maybe with Zandig and like a few guys, but not like from bottom of the card to the mid card to the top of the card. I never seen well, too many angles. Well, Jay, uh, like, I think they did that, a lot. Like, how would you see that, Jay? I think they did a lot of storyline, and actually, um, and I pointed out because uh, a friend of mine, Jeremy, who started listening to the show, and now I go to the shows with him and stuff. Uh, but he. Um, he hadn't seen the old stuff, so I started, you know, showing him the DVDs and stuff like that, and he's amazed by this shit. Um, the Zandig Lobo feud was phenomenal. I mean, they did the whole boss control of the company gimmick and, and everything, and Lobo took control of the company. The initial tournament of death was a Zandig-sanctioned show because technically, by storyline, Lobo owned the company, and he wasn't running a tournament of death, so that was, wasn't was even, you know, quote-unquote, a CZW show because... Zandig took it upon himself to run Zandig's ultra-violent tournament of death while Lobo was in control of the company. There was, you know, that thing, um, the high five. Again, they did a lot of the, you know, boss taking over the company type thing, but um, the high five, I mean, that was like one of the best stables CZW ever had, um, you know, with the back seats and Messiah and B-Boy and Flash and, you know, that thing that capped off at Cage of Death 5 which is still looked at as one of the best cage of death matches. I mean, just the amount of work that they put into building that thing. And even the storyline as far as, okay, you had to get into the cage. You had to, you know, go into the other ring. It was dual ring. Then you had to make it back up the ramp in order to, you know, get a point for your team type thing. And you had, you know, people turning all over the place and crazy, crazy stuff. So they really did do a lot of storyline stuff. And, they what they did do a lot more of too is um the vignettes. What I think is hugely lacking now and it drives me nuts because technology wasn't anywhere near where it is now back then. And back then every single CZW show would start with I mean obviously it didn't start right when I started going, but they ended up where you'd have a screen on the wall 
They'd get the music rolling before the show started, and they'd show a highlight package of the previous show that you were there. Like if you, you turn yeah. into a TV show, and it's like That's you know, last week on whatever. Um, yeah, those were, those, and, those were one of the, those were one of the biggest issues I've like been harping on for the past two years with CCW. Now it's just like there's not enough presentation to the show. Right. You know, like you know, it's like it's cool. Like it's almost like going to a concert. It's cool to see like just cool dancing or good car choreography mm-hmm. or good stage work. You also want to see like the lights, the laser light show. You want to see um, like when like I remember in certain concerts you see like. What happens behind the set when they go down? They follow. They follow all that on the screen. You know, they tell right. the story with their concerts. And I wish they we would like execute the same type of aspect with what we do on the shows. Like tell that story in the back. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like show outside. Like not not everything has to be like just confined into an arena. Like show them show a vignette happening across the street in Philly in the city. Like. Show that somebody like somebody talk, cutting like a uh, box Belmont cutting a promo in a dumpster. You know, do like stuff Absolutely. like that. And show it, yeah. Show it on the screen since they have all this great presentation. It also it also just yeah. clues in the crowd as to what is happening on the sh- like yeah throughout the the yeah. story so many of, people, of the drama and all that. Yeah, there's so many people that come into CZW for the first time and they're like, oh, I never been here before. Oh, I never been here before. Like, right. yeah, catered to them too. Yeah, and I think um you know. And you're right about, you know, the on-location stuff because, again, technology, everybody's got a phone that records. Who had a video camera, you know, 10 years ago? Very few. So uh, I think there's really not a lot of excuse for not being able to do things on location. I've definitely said that before. But um, as far as the the in-house, you know, hype-up videos, they used to do, you know, put together a highlight video of everything that happened last month. And if there was, like, a building feud, um, it came down to like a big show. They'd show all the things that led up to, you know, the matches that were going on that night. Um, they'd, um, you know, they'd play any promos that they had stored up. Maybe they went up on the website, but, uh, you know, maybe people didn't see the website. So now you got those promos live and some you didn't see before. So if anyone was like up to, up to date on everything, you still saw some new promos and everything else. People were popping for those videos and and the bumps and the things on those videos, like like you hope to achieve in the middle of your main event. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like you had the crowd on their feet, hype, chanting CZW before the opening bell rang every single show. So when you start off a show without that, and then you try to build the crowd and this and that. Don't I mean? Don't even get me into the double header thing because that's that's a whole nother ball game. But <laughs> to start to try to build a crowd from bottom up, and they're just walking in from whatever they did that day. They have no previous, you know, anything. They might be in a good mood. They might be in a bad mood. You, you do the whole video package. You get them hyped up. They're screaming CZW. Now you start the show, and it, you have a crowd that's hot and, and ready for what you're about to do. I, I think it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, things like that Absolutely. alone Absolutely. make a big difference and make it look like your company means something. Um, kinda, well, I mean, like, so much wrong. Kind of like coming to a movie. Th- um, kind of like coming to a movie theater and then seeing the previews of all these other cool movies coming out, and you're like, "Oh wow, now I'm ready to see this movie." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, much okay, the- so a highlight package is really cool, and I think it's something that's great, and I, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I I think everyone's brought it up at some point or another, trying to get that together. 
like a pre-show highlight package to catch everybody up on stories. But on the same, like, and I don't, and I don't disagree with that'd be a great addition to any company, especially a CZW. Um, But I've also gone to other wrestling shows uh, and they don't have any warm up either. And they, and the crowd is fucking hot and ready to go. Like, I guess, do you, here's a question for you. Uh, I've, I've jokingly said, and I, you know, and I think I said to you how you hate watch or whatever, but uh, I jokingly said a few times that when I feel like CZ, I feel like the, the reputation of a CZW fan is that he kind of will sit, like he'll sit back and be like, oh, well, impress us. Meanwhile, like a Ring of Honor fan, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. I love it. Like, because they just are so ready to go for wrestling, whereas CZW fans are more demanding, I guess. Would you say that's, like, because that's the overall perception. That's what I'm speaking to. Uh, What do you think about that? Like, do you think CZW fans come in with negativity already brewing, mainly because they're near Philadelphia, and that's kind of how we are? I love Philly, but Philly's a negative city. (laughs) Um, Like... It's, so what do you think about it's that? It's possible. It's possible, but, um, you know, another thing that I always bring up is the bar was set extremely high by CZW. I mean, nobody else set that bar but CZW. So yeah. any, you know, fan that's that's seen that and watched that, you can't, you, you can't, you know, have Zandig versus Lobo, no rope barbed wire, and then years later come up with – Biff Busick versus Sozio, but no rope barbed wire. The fans might tolerate it, but, you know, you've had Drake Younger and Nick Gage, no rope barbed wire. J.C. Bailey, Necro Butcher, no rope barbed wire. I mean, you're already giving them something that, that can't possibly meet the expectations of what you want it to. And, you know, it is what it is, but I, I think, you know, you're always going to get that reference in the back of a fan's mind, like, okay, this match is set up for tonight. Where have I seen that before? Oh, yeah, here. That shit was amazing. Oh, yeah, this this can't come near that. So it's hard to it's hard to settle, you know, at times. And it's hmm. nothing against either one of those guys. That's not really their style of match to begin with. But you go in knowing that and going, okay, well, I guess we'll take this for what it's worth. But you're not going to – you know, blow the roof off. Like I told you before, um, some of the stuff I saw when I first started going to CZW, I never saw those yeah. things before. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't reinvent the wheel. So, you know. Well, so, okay. So you're basically, so you're saying that CZW fans take it more so that like, oh, well, expectations are so high. So they, you have to really surpass that in order to get some kind of feeling from them. But on the same note, to play devil's advocate, uh, I, Ring of Honor has seen, and again, I'll use that as a comparison just because I, I've been in front of both, like whatever, uh, and and the reputations are probably, they are the antithesis of each other, I would say, uh, the Ring of Honor fans versus CZW fans, which obviously makes sense because of the Ring of Honor, CZW feud, blah, 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 blah. Um, mm-hmm. But they've seen greatness, like, really re- like crazy good guys but Some they and, yeah. they don't yeah they still they still are like appreciative of what they have now as opposed to sitting back and saying oh well you have to be better than this because we've seen this already I mean they watched like <laughs> they watched what Kenta versus Austin Aries and mm-hmm. like uh what uh 
Kenta Kobayashi versus Samoa Joe, like they saw that, but they can still go nuts for Roderick Strong versus Jay Lethal. Yeah, I mean, I I think partially, I mean, to speak to the Ring of Honor thing, they have definitely shit on things before. I was there in... Um, well, absolutely, they have. Was, uh, I think it was have. in Elizabeth, and um, before they... <laughs> Before Jeff Hardy even hit the uh, the curtain, they booed him out of the building. Like he he did nothing <laughs> wrong. I, I, it was one of the most unbelievable things ever. I was like, awesome, we get to see Jeff Hardy. I, I love Jeff Hardy. Fucking, he comes out in his um you know Willow the Wisp gimmick and stuff because that was his his attempt to at least try to. It was before any of that TNA stuff, and he tried yeah. to touch touch base with the indie crowd. Like, hey, I'm taking it back to when I was an indie oh. guy. Like, here's. Here's not, you know, TV Jeff Hardy. Hold on, I'm on the phone. Here's, yeah. Here's the old Willow gimmick, you know what I mean? This is for you guys. And he came out, and, I mean, they booed him before he even hit hit the curtain. And he, <laughs> he couldn't great. breathe well, I mean, like, I, well, that's hilarious. But I'm saying, like, I'm talking more perception-wise, because it's the same thing where everybody says that the Eagles fans are the worst fans ever because they threw snowballs at Santa. Like, obviously, you know, that happened, whatever, but it doesn't mean they're always – Negative and don't cheer or always boo good well, things. Well, they don't win Super Bowls, so I mean, yeah. well, uh, don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> but like <laughs> the so, but what I'm saying is obviously the Ring of Honor fans are all like, and again, just making the comparison to CZW Ring of Honor because they seem to be you know yin and yang to each other. Uh, so they, I'm just saying that I guess the perception is, of course, they boo things, but they're more. It's easier to please them than it is the CCW fan. That would be the overall thought process that, or the reputation. And I I don't disagree with that, but in the same token, Ring of Honor is pitching a little bit more towards the same type of crowd at at once. Um, With CCW, you're going to get your your blood mark fans that are only there for blood. They don't care yeah. what is going on if things aren't bleeding. Um, you know, Shane can speak to this because, you know, he, he dodged a barbed wire board and people called him a pussy in the match as if he's supposed to love barbed wire. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, they lose focus on actual wrestling and, and that you're supposed to at least um, pretend as if the dangerous thing is something you don't want to be involved with. But they lose track of that. And you're like, why aren't you rolling around in the barbed wire? How fucking dare you? You know what I mean? It, mm. it, you're going to have that portion of the crowd. Ring of Honor doesn't have that. They might like a hardcore match, but they're not screaming, we want blood three matches into the card. So, I mean, That's you true. have that, you know, mixed with the wrestling fans, and, and you do have to please a, a more vast audience. So, I mean, it does have more difficulty in it. But, you know, this is something CZW's done for years, and, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a difficult thing, but it's uh, kind of the hand they were dealt. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Because uh, as far as you, sh- you don't think they CCW could, has- you don't think they could reinvent the wheel with that, or something like that. What do you mean? As far as like um, changing that uh, the that demographic of giving them so much, uh, it, it's hard because, like I said, that the the tone has been set. The the you know, the bar has been set way high. And, you know, the, the tournament of death every year is going to keep that, that bloodthirst. And then, um, you know, you get those teases of that type of thing that's going to keep that fan interested. And then they want that every month. 
So um, I, I don't know. But, I mean, you got to find a balance, but. So, well, that's, that's my thing, like, because uh, if someone never watched CZW, if someone never watched CZW uh, mm-hmm. ever, and they only heard about CZW, or, or they knew, or they were of the belief of the person, the type of person we were, we were talking about earlier, where they thought Zandig CZW was eight straight death matches and no wrestling, and then all of a sudden DJ bought it, and now there's, re- there's like, really good wrestlers that, on the show. So, like, the old CZW fans don't know good wrestling. They only know garbage wrestling. That's what, uh, that's, if, if I'm that person, and I heard that, and then I heard about, uh, someone saying that part of the problem with the CZW audience is that they want more death matches. Wouldn't you say that is kind of like almost feeding into that, that idea of a new CZW fan that they, what they believe to a certain extent, but the, the old CZW um, definitely had, I, I would say a better blend of it. Um, Okay. It, it did have a little bit more meaning as far as the, the death matches went, um, even though, you know, it gets painted in a way where it was so senseless, but it did kind of build to it a little bit more. And um, at least I think so. And um, I don't know. I just think the pacing of the show makes all the difference in the world. I don't think it's hmm. necessarily more violence or less violence, but, um, you know, I, there's only so long you could put Alexander James out in the ring before Someone needs to come out and kill him. Back, you Masada know, old did CCW. Yeah, but then, yeah. yeah, and then he came out <laughs> and, and did his thing without anyone touching him for like a year. I mean, yeah. the hate club would have came then, out back then, destroyed him, and you wouldn't have seen him again. If you saw him again, he would have definitely not had like a dominant heel role. It just wouldn't have happened. Hmm. Well then, why uh, don't that? Oh, okay, Shannon, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, real quick. This is my, what I've been seeing lately. Is just like I feel like a lot of the guys on the roster have been like they're all talented, and they all have mm-hmm. they all um they all serve a certain purpose. But I feel like they haven't been utilized to that purpose properly. I feel like everybody has their strengths. Sure. I feel like not everybody has been using been utilized and put in the right position for them to fully capitalize on what their strengths really are. Like, there's no reason for John Gresham to be brought in to tag with Jabox Belmar. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Like, that stuff like that just bothered me. Because, like, oh, why are you wasting that? Like, you're wasting, you're totally, that's a total waste of talent and, like, like, part of the roster. There's so many, like, um, for the longest time, Tremont was the most, oh, still is, the most biggest baby face. On the, in the roster, but it turned heel, feeling the Gacy, taking away from the title and doing all, taking away from the main event picture, doing all that. You're not utilizing them to a strength, you know. Absolutely. So it's a, I, I yeah. agree. I mean, you know, like how has Danny Havoc never been CZW World Champion? I mean, he he is one of the most CZW exclusive guys, one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world, and. um I mean, he won't, you know, he doesn't work for Ian. He doesn't really, you know, work Cali stuff. There's not a lot, there's a lot of places he doesn't work where he's, he's a CZW guy. And I mean, you know, before Tremont even came along, I mean, Danny Havoc is, is a hugely over guy in the CZW crowd. I, I don't understand why he's never gotten that push. So, I mean, you're right. People aren't always used right. And, um, 
I, I always go back to, you know, as far as DJ and his um his vast knowledge of wrestling is the best of the best that they skipped because according to him when he came on my show, they didn't have enough talent in the locker room. And if you look at the talent that they had in the locker room back then, that's an insane statement. Absolutely insane. Well, um, well then let's just let me just and then I'll just ask you straight up what specifically do you think doesn't need to be on a CCW show that on a CCW show now? What doesn't need to be on a CCW show? Yeah, like what would you what would you remove that is consistently on the shows or even consistently consistently uh, on off the show, like people that, you know, are whether it's people or gimmicks or anything, what do you think should not be on the shows that is on the show, that are, is on the shows? Yeah, whatever. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know, and I, I'm, not a, I'm not really a, a huge proponent of just, like, remove this guy, remove this guy, remove this guy. You know, I have my favorites and people that I can't stand seeing in the ring. Um, but I don't really feel that strongly that way is more, it's more how they're used and how they're used. Right. And another huge thing that I'm, I'm big on is titles being made important. All the titles should be made important. The fact that they ditched the junior heavyweight title is the dumbest thing on the planet. And it's just a gimmick now. And, um, that, that was always just terrible. I mean, the, the history that that title had, it's ridiculous. And then, they, you know, they put, like, a rainbow-colored title and kind of made it the junior title. Then they not made it not the junior title. And now, as, it's, you know, see, it's another title, but it didn't have any identity. Along, but seeing how it's coming along, I'm much rather happy that Frankie Picard is not in the junior heavyweight title lineage rather than the wire title lineage. Yeah. That's just me. Damn. Yeah, I, along. I said it. What? What's that? Yeah, that it. Um, yeah, I'm just like seeing how the the junior heavyweight title, like seeing where the title reigns, how we're going anyway for the wire title. It's like, oh, cool. I'd rather not see see uh, Frankie Picard being the junior heavyweight title lineage, rather see him being in the wire title lineage. Yeah, yeah. As, I mean, as, as far as far as being in this now at this point in his career. Right. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I, I thought that was a really ridiculous situation to to give a guy a title on a, on a student show, and then you know uh, the the whole trade off. I thought it was fine when they did it with um with you and Gacy because you were two guys that were on the main roster, and you were going back and forth anyway. So to trade titles off like that, and you know, like the dark match fashion, like the WWE does, I, I didn't see any issue with it whatsoever. But to have a guy who never actually worked on the CCW main card. He's now in the history of owning the title. I thought that was that was really crazy. But um, um Once again, not the, utilizing the guys to their strength. Yeah. Um, but the, you know the CCW titles overall have really just they've been devalued heavily. I mean, Mike Bailey had a shot at every CCW title with with I think not a win under his belt. And, and you know that's nothing against his talent ability, but. He lost in best of the best first round, came back like months later, got a world title shot. He came yeah. off of that, I think, got a wired title shot. He got a tag title shot. I mean, it's, 
the dude got every shot on the planet before you won a match. And, you know, it just doesn't make your your stuff important. And, then, and, it, and then beat AR Fox. <laughs> That's it. Most, I can't hear you much. I don't know if you're on uh, speakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I said, and then beats AR comeback and beats AR Fox at that, losing that yeah. match straight, but beats AR Fox. I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot that's um, just just way, way different about CZW as far as importance and um, just the way things are portrayed. I think those are bigger factors in the company than just, you know, who's booked or who shouldn't be on the show or anything like that. There's guys that I'd love to see booked is, you know, uh, like I said, I'm not an Alexander James fan, but, I mean, I'm sure there's a place for him. He just can't be this dominant heel that takes up 10 minutes of mic time almost every show because it, it gets old. You do that for a month or two, and then you have your big monster face come in, squash him, and then you move on. It, you know, to drag that out for 12 months, is I, I don't know what the point is. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. That's completely fair. I like you know, yeah. You're basically you're not saying that you're saying that everyone's on the show talented and should be on the show, but they're not. You would use them either in a different way or a more appropriate way that you believe the audience would respond to. Sure. Well, who are some guys then? Who are some guys that you think that aren't on like or that maybe are underutilized or under you know? Who would you say? is underutilized and should be brought up more. And that could also mean somebody who doesn't actually work on a CZW show yet. Who do you think should be the people on the radar? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, as far as, you know, people would be brought in, um, people have wanted the hooligans to come into CZW for a long time. DJ said it's a travel issue, but On Point can book them right up the road. Um, You know, Jersey All-Pro could book them in Jersey. I mean, I, I think there's a way to get that, that going. Um, I think John Lee Murdoch would do big things in CZW. People have been wanting to see him in um, in CZW for a while. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys. And, I mean, you could, you know, I, I try to stay realistic. I mean, you can dream book and just go, you know, you know, bring Kota Ibushi in and have him fight, you know, every other month. Like, it's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't expect – those type of things. I mean, if you could pull a big name like that and bring them in and tear the house down and make, you know, your guys look awesome, I'm all for it. But I don't, you know, I just don't expect those type of things. I'm, I think more along the lines of guys that, you know, Scott Summers came in and tore it down in Tournament of Death. Fans screaming, please come back, please come back. They haven't booked them since. Again, I'm books them. You know, um, Ricky Shane Page, uh, had what a lot of people think was the the match of the tournament with Danny Havoc, first round tournament of death. Hasn't been brought back since. Josh Crane, great match with Tremont. Hasn't been back since. I mean, there's there's things you could do if you're going to book guys and give people something that they like. And they go, yeah, okay, never mind with that. You know, back to the, the core roster. And then, you know, I understand things cost money. You can't just bring in everybody everyone wants. But, I mean, there, there's definitely things to be done. I um I got extremely excited and jumped the gun because I thought they were doing some form of a an IWA invasion, you know, 2015 oh, yeah, I when I saw the Murdoch situation. And mm. I 100% think that that would turn the Northeast on its head. I mean, I really do. 
Um, well, do the you amount think of talent? that do you, like because IWA has you know that nostalgic feel to it uh, just because of its history? But do you think that IWA is because I feel like CZW has gotten to the point where uh, most people use CZW as like a big indie, a really big indie company, uh, maybe even like the stepping stone to the bigger indies. Kind of like CZW is that first one that kind of means something to, before you get to even bigger places. Um, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of the top indie guys today have gone through CZW, or a lot of guys who are on TV uh, elsewhere come like they've come through CZW at some point. Do you like? And IWA had that back in the day, but most people I don't know if they're as familiar with IWA still. So do you think that would have affected that at all? No, well, that's the thing. A lot of um, people that might be unaware of what IWA does, uh, that would be a whole new crew of fresh faces to those people who haven't seen them. You know, to bring Isaiah over and have him work in some guys in CZW, um, I think he came in once. If Maybe that was just the IWA um, doubleheader that they did. I think that was it. But, you know, he, he, he did aerial assault. Oh, was he aerial assault? Yeah. He was aerial um, assault with, uh, yeah, a tangled web. You know, they could bring in guys like that. Um, like I said, um, John Wayne Murdoch, Reed Bentley, they tag up over there. They could come in. The hooligans work there. Um, but, I mean, as far as a few, you're bringing Congo Kong ones, you know, have him work whoever your champion is at the time. I, you know, I think you could do a lot. I really do. And, um, you know, the exposure for the IWA guys because they don't have iPay-Per-View. And um, I think they're pretty well-known across the Indies. Just maybe not. No, they definitely know, are. They definitely are. I'm just saying I feel like people don't don't see them in the same way that they used to see them. I feel like most people would view, see that they took – or, you know, they think that they took a drop-off. But, no, IWA is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think, you know, that type of feud, you know, to mix this and that and, you know, take a little bit out of the page of the old CZW. And that's another thing. CZW has been around so long that you could take a page out of some of their older things, some of their older ideas and storylines, and give a little bit of a quote-unquote deja vu. Maybe stop beating the old show names to death and maybe reuse an idea or two and, you know, try to give it some of an upgrade. You know, I think there's a lot you can do with a history of a company. I don't think they're really scratching much of that. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, because angles get redone all the time, so you're saying, like, why not use one that you already knew got over and kind of pay homage to it in your own twist? Yeah, and put enough of a spin on it where it's not an exact replica of what you've done. But, I mean, why do we need to have a Night of Infamy show every single year? The initial Night of Infamy was Wife Beater versus Zandig in an I Quit, no canvas, no rope, barbed wire, fans bring the weapons match in the ECW arena. No, I, I don't so it's just every, every rule is either being utilized or not, take, not being uh, enforced at all during the whole match. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just absolute insanity, and that was the Wife Beater's retirement match. So every year, just November is going to be Night of Infamy. Eh, I mean, you kind of dumb it down at that point. I don't, don't you think you do it pays homage thing, to him? I don't think it pays homage if you just 
call a show night of infamy and just do whatever you planned on doing that night. Unless you plan on doing, you know, you know, it's like deja vu, same thing. Um, it started no out barbed wire. just about every time they have a no or a barbed wire, they do deja vu. Deja vu is named because, you know, it, it gave you that, that Sabu Terry Funk deja vu, you know, no rope barbed wire in the arena. And um, that lived up to the hype. Then they did uh, a couple of years later, they did deja vu and they did the Taipei death with Ian. So, you know, again, kind of deja vu. They left it alone for a bunch of years because, you know, they weren't really going back to that. And I think they brought it back with another no rope barbed wire, but, now it's it's just become the name of the show sometime in October or whatever. And then throw some barbed wire in there, but it, it loses its meaning. Hmm. So what, what do you think of the Chris Cash Memorial ladder match? I, I think it's it's enough already. I, I've said it um a bunch of times. Chris Cash was great. Um, you know, he was a young guy. He had all, all sorts of fire. He lived CZW. I mean, he had all the intensity and, you know, uh, risk-taking that, that CZW was all about. I mean, the guy, you know, he was that dude that he wanted nothing else but to be in CZW. There was no, you know, hey, I hope I can make it to somewhere else someday. He wanted to blow the roof off of CZW. So, I mean, and, you know, John's son had a very close connection with him. So that's, that's honestly where the huge tribute came from. And it's been continued, but, I mean, they don't run a Trent Acid memorial anything. They try to somewhat lump it in, but it's it's the Chris Cash show. It's a ladder match because Cash did the ladder match. It's his music. It's called Down With The Sickness. That was the name of his entrance song. I mean, it's still the Chris Cash show. I mean, Trent Acid was probably one of the biggest superstars in CZW history. I mean, as far as, you know, everything he put out there and – you know, his role in the company, he was, you know, he was the CZW Shawn Michaels. Dude, he's an indie legend, man. Yeah. So, I mean, to to do one and not the other has just been ridiculous. And it's enough already to me. They're and now too late to kind of have just all of a sudden do a Trent Acid Memorial show. Right. It's, it's kind of late to you start. Know, it is it. too late. Yeah, it is too late. I mean, I guess that would be a better question to ask. I mean, now you'd have to ask, like, Andy Social, uh, probably Devin, uh, all those guys, like, if it'd be, like, their their call because they were the closest people to him, right? Sure. That are around still? Right. Well, um, you know, I guess if, you know, you hit, like, a, you know, a, a certain number anniversary or something like that, and then you want to jump on it then. But, you know, to just randomly go, you know, well, seven years or six years, and here we go. Like, what do you yeah, ignore yeah, for yeah, all yeah. this year? I don't know. It's It's been, I don't know what, it's been a long time with Cash Gone. I don't, you know. Uh, so do you think it should just exactly. be the Chris Cash show? like that's his memorial show and then not necessarily a mandatory ladder match? Or do you think it should just be no, I mean, another month that was kind of random? Okay. If you're going to do it, do it the way you're doing it. But how many tribute shows are you going to run to a guy? I just I think there's got to be a certain point like, all right, we paid tribute. I mean, uh, I, I think I don't that know. most people see it now as like the show is called Down with the Sickness. And the match is the like the match is the memorial as opposed to the whole show. Even though every but they use that show 
because I'm pretty sure I've been to two or three balance of sicknesses, mm-hmm. and uh, they use the beginning to pay they uh, pay tribute to all of their fallen CCW guys. Yeah, uh, it's so kind of mentioned. the memorial show. Yeah, I don't think it's as much of a tribute to Chris Cash as much anymore. I think it's more just like the latter half is the memorial, not as much thanks homage to Chris Cash. I feel like it's more just like... Are you doing uh, steel work over there? Pardon? <laughs> it, it sounds like you're doing steel work over there. You're a speaker, and it sounds like you're building something. He's probably <laughs> playing Madden right now. Yeah, I'm throwing things in the kitchen because of Madden. and that's fine, but the name of the show is Down with the Sickness, which was his entrance theme. He's famous for the ladder match. They do a ladder match. You know, it, it, the logo's got Chris Cash on it. I mean, it it is what it is. But You know what you my, know? my biggest problem with Down with the Sickness is? Is that when you hashtag it, D- Dancing w- with the Stars. Yes. I call it Dancing that every year. with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I call it that every year. Going my heart. <laughs> I I remember last year going into the ladder match uh, that we ha- when we had the ladder match with LA4K and the Beavers. Um, <laughs> I remember hashtag uh, the D uh, DWTS, and I like so. Then later on, I went to go search for on Twitter. I searched that hashtag, and all of this dancing with the stars stuff came up. And I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "Oh yeah, damn it, that's what that is." Jerry Sharp, Jerry Rice with his zoot suit came up. <laughs> Shit, man. <clears throat> but, yeah. That didn't start happening until your match, either. I can't hear you much, man, on the speaker. Yeah, brother, brother. Tell me. All right. Um, yeah. but, okay, so now let's look forward. So what do you – what do you see – what do you see as a fan – like, how are you feeling about the way CGW is right now, like, progressive-wise? Uh, what what do you think, positive, negative, about what's happening on the show? It's like, literally, like, how you feel the stories are developing, what you see on the horizon, are you looking forward to it, what stuff aren't you looking like, what stuff are you like, ah, kill this already, like, what are you thinking? Hey, I mean, it's hit and miss, and um, I don't think the stories are developing. I mean, it's for the most part. Um, I mean, it, they've done a, a little bit with a few things, but really not a whole lot. I mean, it, that that front thing carried on for, uh, I don't know how long it was, but, but that's two years. like, yeah, it, it was two years too long. And, um, you know, they, they finally just ended that now. Now they can move on from that. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's just some things that, um, they did, they don't put a lot of sense behind it, and uh, like I said, the titles need to mean something. That's that's always going to be a staple of, of my beliefs on on why CZW is doing wrong. 
you have just a student come in off the uh, the Dojo Wars show and get a title shot, uh, and it needs to do something that it doesn't insult your intelligence enough, you know, the way that it does. Um, like I was saying, uh, Tim Donks, I mean, the guy will legitimately just beat cancer. You bring him back, you give him the title, and turn him heel. And then you put him up against a student. So the student is supposed to be the face against the guy who just beat cancer. Uh, what kind of shit is this? You know, I mean, it's not, oh, no. that, that's not going to work. I, I mean, it's not, it's just not going to work. You got DJ walking out looking like a fucking Ninja Turtle villain and he's squashing the two guys that, that were singing and shit. You know, the month before, those guys come out there and they're singing, and DJ comes out there and looks at them like, I have no idea how these guys I booked are in the ring. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm clearly paying them, but I have no idea why they're here. So then he just kind of looks at them and they go away after doing their whole segment. Like I said, back in the day, the hate club would have came out and squashed them. It would have made sense. That doesn't happen. So then, you know, the next month he comes out, oh, He's surprised again, and he got a new coat. So now he comes out here and he squashes these guys. You know, looking like a fucking Power Ranger. And um, or what's Power wrong Ranger with looking like a like Power Ranger? Um, I mean, if you're Seth Rollins, it's alright. But uh, <laughs> DJ's fucking Reptar and shit comes out to the ring, and um, <laughs> shit doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. But um, you know. I mean, there's that type of stuff. Nick Gage, that's another huge thing. Nick Gage used to be CZW, Mr. CZW. This guy has torn the roof off of everywhere but CZW since he's been out of prison. You don't like and, his and matches? Drew. They were all right. Uh, you know, put him up against what he's done elsewhere, against Dickinson, uh, against John Wayne Murdoch in a 50-minute death match. Um, I mean, he's torn it up all over with um, Janela. I mean, you know, he's he's done big shit. And Ron Mathis in the end of the Masters of Pain tournament. I mean, he's been killing it everywhere he's going. CZW's well, that, well on. do you that, think, because now, obviously going back to when uh, Nick was, was uh, had to leave, they ended with an angle with Drew, and then they had to come back. And rather than just, like, would you have been more, like, because, you're well, can I touch on like, that what, real quick? What do you think they should? What would have been better to do there? Do you think they would have been better off just having Nikki just start wrestling matches and killing it like he like he does almost everywhere, or do you think it's better okay. to progress the story with him and Drew? I I don't think they should have touched the Drew thing for at least six months, um, maybe a year. And then when you least expect it, because Drew was a face. I mean, Drew was a face until Gage got out. I mean, when Gage got out, Drew cut a, a promo that I, I popped like a motherfucker for because he more or less said, like, dude, I've been in here busting my ass. You were in prison for robbing a bank. You know, you don't get to just walk back in here. You know, that that wasn't really a fully healed promo. Even that wasn't fully healed. So he had to, like, really change what he was doing to accommodate Gage, who's really not going to be there, you know, as a full-time CCW guy. I mean, to a certain extent. But, um... I don't know. I, I wouldn't even touched it. And then I would have, you know, down the road, had him turn on him and throw like, you think I forgot that shit you were doing when I was away? You know, you know, you thought I forgot type shit. And, and then 
spark a feud, you know, out of nowhere down the road. Like, you know, you didn't think you were going to get away with that shit. Kind of, you know, surprise it on fans. Um, you know, they built and built and built that Tremont match. And then he got out and they're like, all right, we're not even going to touch that. We'll tease it, but, you know, we're really going to do this other feud. And half the matches, we're just going to have Gage come out and get broken up or just talk on the mic. Gage's initial thing, Gage's first match back, he went into JCW in a tag tournament match, beat the shit out of people with chairs, um, turned on Lucky 13 after they lost the match, choke breaker them the whole nine, and, you know, the crowd's going nuts. Next night, he came in, and his only purpose in that match was to forward the G's versus Tremont feud. That's the only purpose he, he had there. Come out, say hi to the fans and then let G's and Tremont forward their feud using him as like a pawn, more or less saying, like, hey, don't even worry about Gage. Worry about me. I'm, I'm the one over here with the belt. That was the only purpose that that served to him coming out. He's supposed to be Mr. CZW. So, you know, it, they're doing a lot of strange shit with him, and I don't know. It, it just seems crazy to me that you're going to have a guy like that. Like I said, I'm, I'm not one of these. I'm not a trained SEAL, so, you know, I don't. I'm not going to, you know, scream Nick Cage's name because I've seen him in Walmart. That's more or less what they're wanting, you know, the people to do right now. They see him in the parking lot. Say my name, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're walking around the ring. I'm not saying your fucking name. Yeah, well, like, um, I remember you said this a long time ago. It was on a a podcast you did before. Um, um, Guys, like, I feel like a lot of guys – are missing the boat on matchups in one company because they're doing them everywhere else. And so it's tough to, yeah. like, build and build and build and build to something big for your one company because you know it's going to get a huge, huge payoff for it, like, down, down the road when you get to it. But it's hard to get to that because your one, like, piece is killing it everywhere else. So it's kind of hard yeah. to, like, yeah, like, it's, like, it's like it's the indies. You got to kind of like, like, oh, we got them. Got to give it to them, you know, because yeah. like they're the guy wants to be loyal, but he also like he he's going to have to go other places and make his money and like expo- right. get exposed. So it's like it's, it's really be- hard to build up one big match. Yeah, that's the point. Really, yeah. on the independence day, it's really hard to build up that one big match because every because the wrestler themselves have to be focused on their other shit they're doing other places too because if they completely sure. no sell everything that happens in other places why would these other places want to use them so if you have other stories going on in other companies you have to put those over too online you have to further your story so it's hard to build it up at one specific place because it's hard to focus on that all the time sure but you know you do have to jump on the matches while you have the chance to jump on those matches because yep. you'll you'll lose your opportunity. It, it, honestly, if if Tremont wasn't all about that match happening in CZW, DJ would have lost that one already too. Because Ian wanted yep. to book it at King of the Death, um, Loudies wanted to book it at On Point, and Tremont wants it to happen in CZW. And that's the only rate. That's the only reason DJ's even getting that match is because it means something to Tremont for it to happen there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people want that match. A lot of people want that match, uh, and 
you know, I'm sure it's going to be amazing when it actually happens. But that's one of the sure. few. That's really one of the few matches that's kind of really built up that way where you want to see it, like uh, on the indies. That's one of the few times where you're like, "Whoa, we have to see this. This is built up. Everyone understands it." Like that. It's pretty. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and but you know, going back to your question too, is what other things CZW could do, or you know, their direction and this and that. I, I really think they need to peel those like nothing else things off the turnbuckles and throw them in the river next to the building because they're not like nothing else. I mean, you and JT will kill it, but okay, it, you you wrestled at a lot of other places, so how is CZW unique? Because you're going to do the match that they know works. You know, Stockade and Tremont apparently had a good match in Beyond or something. Yeah, I, I didn't they had a really good one. This, they said they had a good match in Beyond, so what did CZW do? They booked Stockade and Tremont. Because still they're like nothing else, except for the other companies that did the same shit, and, and they decided to copy it and paste it on the card. It, it, it's not. Don't tell everybody you're different. Be different. You know, you, you don't have to keep telling people what you are. Just be it and let them tell you. Well, again, don't you think that the way it's like as much as CZW isn't a deathmatch company, it's a deathmatch company um, because that they're kind of one of the, they are the premier independent company that has deathmatches consistently. Um, like, I mean, yeah, like PWG has guerrilla warfare, but that's not really a deathmatch. That's just kind of like a right. extra hardcore match. Um, but so CZW saying it's like nothing else. Do you think it's kind of referring to their brand is like nothing else? I think that's more so because again, everything's been done so many times and done everything's been done already. Uh, so how else could they stand out? Like in what way could they stand out? I think CZW has, even though you were talking about like highlight packages beforehand, and that would absolutely be awesome. But as far as production hmm. and setup. CW is pretty good at that. I mean, for the most part, I've never really heard about iPay-per-view streams with CZW, like I- issues with uh, CZW iPay-per-view streams. Or, uh, and the fact right. that the entranceway just looks really great. Michael Pankos does a great job with that setup. And the the camera work looks cool. Uh, so what what would be able to make them like nothing else if it's not just about the brand itself? Well, you know, the thing back in the day that CZW was like nothing else, and this is the overall, the aura, the attitude that I was telling you about, and this is something that, you know, you have to be confident in your product. I mean, Zandig was, to a certain extent, to a fault, because, you know, he'd he'd tell you his whole situation was like, all right, this is CZW. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. You can go somewhere else and watch that fucking shit. You know, we, we don't need you here where DJ is trying to cater more towards a bunch of other people. CCW did cater towards a lot of crowds, but they also didn't do it in a way where they said, all right, you know, we're going to try to do this over here. We're going to try to do this over here. They were always like that. Yeah. And that's the thing that he kind of had that edge. You know, you will get a unwavering, loyal, rabid fan base. If you're something that's, unique to them, you know what I mean? Like, if if CZW is somewhat of like a, you know, an underground club where it's like, you know, only the people who know and like CZW are going to get what CZW is all about, that's what CZW was. And 
you know, again, Zandig would tell you, you don't like it, you know, there's, a, you know, a hundred other wrestling companies, go watch one of those pieces of shit, you know. It's turned well, more here's, into... Here's a, a, an analogy, because mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend is this way. I always make jokes about to her about her, how she she hates anything that's mainstream. So what I kind of got out of that was that CZW was that cool niche kind of thing that was like it was cool that it was kind of its own its own thing like Land of the Mis- Misfit Toys the second Paul Heyman thing like uh, it was kind of cool because that it wasn't the rest of independent wrestling uh, whereas now CZW is trying to go you know independent mainstream or is independent mainstream and it kind of lost that cool uniqueness about it is that kind of what you're getting at yeah yeah to a certain extent while trying to still hold on to that and fake it to the best of their ability there was one um i think it was like a wrestlecon show or something dj came out and he started cutting his his silly little promo and um he said something like you know this is czw and, and, you know, we're not like a lot of those other feds. And, uh, you know, I could get on this mic and I could call that bitch a cunt. And it's like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're trying way too hard right now to be cool. And it's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, like, it's stuff like that. a great story. I, I'm, even if it didn't happen that way, I'm going to imagine it that way. It really did. Forever. I had it sound clipped at one point because I thought it was so hilarious. And, uh, oh, man, I, I got to find where I had that sound clip. And next time I got you guys on, I'll play it because it, it, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just <laughs> – it, it was something else. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, this, this is not necessary. I hate that word so much. Do you? Uh, it like disgusts me when when we had to work when we had to uh, wrestle Annie and Kim. Like mm-hmm. I hated hearing that team name all the time. It makes me cringe. Like I hate. Oh God, I don't know. I was always brought up to like think that word was the word you do not say ever, and it's like just disgusting to me. So the fact that he just said that on a microphone. <laughs> yeah, it, it was silly. You know, but uh, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things. And um, the the DJ Zandig comparison will always be there because obviously Zandig was there first and all of that. But it's just like it's hard to you know say it without it coming off that way. But it's John Zandig was known as a bad motherfucker, and, and you didn't question that. It wasn't a character. You just got it. DJ's not known as that by the fans. You know, I, I mean, maybe he's super tough in real life, but um, th- there's a certain way that he portrays himself that it just it doesn't come off like that. People don't take him seriously. And, um, I mean, maybe if he didn't take himself so seriously, people would just roll with it. I, I think he, that's, he kind that's of does make fun of himself a little bit in real life. Mm-hmm. That is kind of He does make fun of himself. Like, I've had a lot of really good road trips with DJ. Mm-hmm. He, he he knows his fault. He realizes his faults, but like to some degree, it's kind of like, well, you kind of need to start, you know, changing them. Can we try that? He's like, eh. but you know, but <laughs> it, it doesn't 
doesn't really happen. But he's kind of aware about what his fault is and what he needs to change about himself and what he needs to change about the company sometimes. He just has, like, right. there's a lot of influences that kind of hinder it. Sure. I mean, it is, It is. Uh, I've, I've said it, I've said it before, uh, it is kind of, because there are a lot of, you know, so many people that have earned the right to kind of have their say in what they're doing, like people that have just uh, accomplished so much or they're just that respected at this point in their career, and they're all in the back. And it's this weird combination of, like, established veterans or people that have just been around for a long time uh, and these young hungry guys who are kind of trying to take their spots, I mean, you know, in all honesty. So there's this weird mm-hmm. kind of uh, demographic, not demographic, that's the wrong word, just this this interesting uh, mix of emotions and kind of attitudes in the back for these, uh, these young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves and CZW is their first platform. Like it was for me, uh, CZW was CZW and Beyond were like my first platforms where people actually kind of watched these indie companies uh, that mm-hmm. I wrestled for, and I was thrown in there with about like a year and a half worth of experience. So um, <laughs> it was, you know, like so. There's a weird and, and people didn't and I know that people didn't like the fact that I kind of did well. Like, people didn't like the fact that JT and I had a very good match when we first got back there. Like, we knew that people didn't like that. And then when the crowd kind of started to like us and then all these other things started happening to us, I could feel that people didn't like that because they didn't think that we had paid our dues or earned it. So there is an interesting dynamic because these people have done so well and have earned the right to say whatever they want or have a say in what they're doing uh, that – it gets everything all tangled up because you have to please so many different people at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's not easy, that's for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, so to DJ's credit, uh, he's he keeps together uh, a locker room. And uh, for the past, like, I don't know, I, I don't know when it really, really felt like it, but it was like since the beginning of the year, uh, or I guess I can I can speak to when I first uh, came back. So since, like, March, there's been a really, really positive feeling in the locker room. Uh, it's just felt really, really good. I feel like, for the most part, CZW has had good shows or good building shows, or what it feels like. Because you can feel when it was a bad show or when it was a good show or how the crowd really responded. And I think there's a really good, positive thing heading into, uh, you know, this, sh- this Down With Sickness show on the 12th. Uh, in Voorhees, where uh, with Fox and Bailey in the main, I know you, we talked about that, but like that match, yes, it's happened other places, but I don't think they've had a gimmick match yet. So this is the first time we're throwing a ladder in between those two guys. So that's gonna be nuts. Um, yeah. And then Tangled Web is go- uh, is building up to be something good. Originally, it was supposed to be a pay per view, but it's not anymore. I guess. Uh, oh no, it's not a pay per view. Oh, okay. No, I because I, well, they changed the date. And it's and they we were told it was in Voorhees, so I don't know. Uh, so right. now October is October tenth, not the eighteenth anymore. Um, so, but that Tangle Web Show is always is always a big one. Uh, and then you know, K to Death is right around the corner. So I feel like there's a big positive swing coming through with CZW. 
overall, uh, even even with all those clashing personalities and thought processes and experiences. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't even find out now. Um, now that you just said that, I got a race that day, so I wonder if I'm going to be able to make that show. Well, I may or may not. October show. Yeah, yeah, October show. I know the uh, September yeah. show. I'm not, but. Yeah, they just because uh, I noticed they announced they announced the date uh, was October 10th instead of the 18th, and as far as I know, Cage of Death is still a uh, scheduled to be a pay per view. As far as I know, on a Sunday. Um, yeah, I know you hate that yeah. Sunday show. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so what about other? There are other events that are on Sunday night that people go out to, and they all have work the next morning too, and they travel from far distances. So. There's, there's not that's, many. That's, I mean, well, I guess it's unfair there's to say WWE is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, but it's just events it's in just general. People same. go to concerts in the middle of the week. Yeah. I think that I think that works because like ROH, they do it all the time in Philly. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> Sunday. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like me specifically, I cannot make a Sunday night show. No, and I got to work in the morning. Uh, there's no way. And and the guy that, that drives me for the most part, and neither. So, I mean, I, you know, just asking around a few people right away was like, Sunday, oh, fuck that. So, I, I'm not I'm not guessing. I'm, I, you know, I'm going for myself and a few other people I talk to that normally go to shows that are like, well, shit, I guess, I guess we'll watch the pay-per-view or something because there's no way I'm not. I'm not, you know, leaving Philly at, you know, 11 o'clock and, at night and then, you know, heading two hours home and then, oh, okay, then I'll just pop up for work in the morning. It just just doesn't work for me. Hmm. Now, well, like, yeah, I guess, well, I guess that's, yeah, cause you're speaking from a personal standpoint, I guess you can't really, there's nothing, there's no uh, point to really argue. Uh, but do you think... Do you think that's going to be a big issue overall, or do you think that Cage of Death is big enough to overcome that? Um, I, I don't know what kind of numbers they do on an iPay-Per-View or a pay-per-view, so to speak. That's the other thing, is if this becomes – I think pay-per-view is completely obsolete at this point. And I think when, you know, you're talking about iPay-Per-View, you know, coming through and not having issues, like you said – and being, you know, uh, 25 bucks or whatever, you know, that's that's feasible. And is that how much an iPad review costs? Everyone has a computer hooked to their TV. Is that how much an iPad review costs? 25 bucks. I believe so. Yeah. And um, okay. you know, you know, it, it, everybody's got their computer hooked to their TV for the most part. So, you know, I sit here and I watch it on my TV, no problem. Now, if we're gonna go up from that, and now we're gonna be talking about you know, uh, you know, forty or fifty bucks, like just about everything on on actual pay per view costs, you're going to lose out. Not only that, you know, people don't like to hear it or whatever, but streaming is is way way easier when things are on on actual pay per view. You know, you can go on the same place that people steal a UFC fight or a Mayweather fight and watch CZW on that same site. You know, the same thing I could watch a preseason NFL football game on. That all the pay-per-view show up on that same site. Not saying that's what I'm going to do or, you know, that's what people should do. <laughs> but if it, it becomes way more um, accessible to people who want to do that and you're putting a higher price tag, which is going to push more people to want to do that. Um, but do you, you know, think, WWE, I mean, if pay-per-view was 
not as good of an option, don't you think that other bigger companies wouldn't have gone that route as well? Because, I mean, obviously there has to be advantages to it. Otherwise, it, no one would take the risk that it costs for money to put out. Uh, and, not many companies are. All no. that. You don't think – you don't, well, but even the, – there aren't many companies that, can, that are doing it because they can't afford it. Uh, most places can't. That's why it's pretty much only – I mean, TNA every once in a while, ROH and WWE and as far as wrestling companies. And How's that working out for TNA? I mean, Yeah, but they've been giving away their pay-per-views lately on cable. TNA yeah, has. They're giving but away Ring of Honor has clearly worked. Like October, aren't they? Yeah, but, um, but uh, Ring of Honor, it seems to have worked. It's made them a You know, Ring company. of Honor has a big enough corporation that probably sees pay-per-views as a big deal. You know, they have something back in them that might okay. be pay-per-view, you know, on, on the surface and go, oh, no, let's not with the eye pay-per-view. We'll, we'll fund the real deal because, again, it's it's being phased out. And I and I think to a certain extent it's an ego thing to say, hey, our company's on pay-per-view. It, it's no different to the actual consumer. Does I don't it think you're going to reach people, more though? people. I don't think so. I, at least, I mean, everybody has a computer. Yeah, like, because the Internet, I guess. But there are certain things that are only available, like, in America. Like, I guess that's not – is that not the case with IP review? Like, um, are certain countries only able to get, like, the video on demand, or like, the, by the replay, or uh, can they all see it live? Like, that's something I don't I don't honestly know. Yeah, I don't know how far the IP review carries or – how far the pay-per-view carries. Because, honestly, when it comes to pay-per-views, if your cable provider does not pick up that pay-per-view, you're not seeing yeah, it either. No can see but it. you have a computer that will pick up an iPay-per-view. Hmm. Which is it's also interesting because the the video on demand would go online anyway. Like, at right. some point, you'd be able to buy buy the show online, you know, through a, a, down, well, through a download from the site. I imagine you would. You wouldn't like after a certain period of time when the cable company's done running it, you could probably put it up online, and you'd always be. Able, and you're obviously you'll have the DVD to sell. Um, sure. I just don't know so, what window that is because again, like yeah, yeah, you know, Ronda Rousey beat someone in in 30 seconds. It's you can't you couldn't avoid watching that for free because you know the the videos play automatically on the Facebook as you scroll down sometimes. Yeah. So, as you scroll down, it starts playing, starts and finishes playing that quick fight. Meanwhile, on my TV, they're still selling it for fifty bucks. And yeah, you know, I, I think the same 50- thing because I've watched, other than the one, uh, the Rousey fight. When was that one? It wasn't this past one. It was the one before that. I saw that in Buffalo Wild Wings. But since then, the one fight I saw on Facebook because it was over so quick. I watched mm-hmm. Rock Kimbo like that. I watched a bunch of fights that were either quick or even they have full-length fights just on Facebook like that after, right after they're done and they still ask for money for it. And it's kind of like, why would someone pay for it when they just release it for free so uh, so blatantly? Um, right. So, and I guess, I guess it, it would really depend on like there has to there has to be some kind of major reward for going on pay-per-view otherwise it wouldn't be worth that risk like if there was no real increase in your margin or your visibility or anything like that you would never take that chance and i don't think companies would continue to take that chance that already do it 
So I guess there has to be some kind of either monetary or uh, <laughs> time like will tell, projection. Uh, time will tell because you got a, you know company a couple companies with big backers, and then now CZW jumping into it. It's not a whole lot of companies that are doing it. Well, then I guess so. like at this point, if that's the case, like. CZW fans, you guys got to kind of come together and push us through, push us through it, no matter what. You know, this is where support has to be as as much as it possibly could be. Because uh, we don't, <laughs> guys, we made a dumb decision, and uh, we we really need you to pay more than you would pay for the <laughs> iPad for you. Is it going to be? Is it going to be more really though? Like that's the question. That's a, because I think <laughs> what is Ring oh, of Honor pay per views are thirty five bucks, right? Oh, it's going to be more. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna I don't be know. more. That's that's gonna be more. that's some shit that I can't I can't co-sign that one. It's like you know you guys really got to help us out because we did some dumb shit and now it's gonna cost you more money. So guys, <laughs> you got to pull together and spend all but, your money because if an eye paper we put it on something else. I, I didn't think eye pay per view cost twenty five. After hearing that, yeah. I can't imagine the pay per view being much more expensive. <laughs> it will be. Okay. I assume it was like about I assume like high pay per view was like fifteen though. Didn't like I was Yeah, I like thought 15. it was like ten, fifteen bucks. I, I could swear I paid twenty five last time. I'm not I'm not arguing with you because I don't know. But it just seems like that's a pretty expensive thing to do. Yeah. For the double I mean it No, just this this is show I, you know, I don't think it's much different. I mean, if you're paying, you know, the same that you would pay for an entrance to a show, I, I'm perfectly okay. fine with that. If it's the same Fair. amount of money for a ticket into the show for me to sit on my, you know, couch and watch the whole thing, hey, man. Yeah, that's, it should be about not the bad. same. That's fair. Um, well, then what's your th- – you, do you have CZW Studios? No, I don't. Okay. The CZW do you know does? Cause, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff on there, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh but is that something that you think that fans would get behind? Because it has all of the – it's supposed to, it's eventually yeah. going to have all of the content. Do you think that's a good thing? Yeah, and I honestly think people should get that. Um, I personally, like, I have this hang-up where, like, if I paid for something once, like, that, that's about all I'm going to do. Um, I used to – before I had kids, I used to go to the CZW show. I would buy, like – a tape or two of something I haven't seen. Like when I first started going in 01, I'd buy like something from, you know, 2000 or maybe they did a Delaware show. So I'd get the Delaware show. And then I'd also get the last show that I went to. So I would, I, you know, I'd buy the tape of the show I went through last month. And I did that for years. You know what I mean? And same thing yeah. with the DVDs. And I, you know, I built quite a, quite a library of stuff where eventually, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm getting rid of shit and, um, it's just, I tolerance to watch something again. So, um, here and there I'll watch something again, you know, if I'm trying to show something to somebody, but I don't have a lot of like personal value in, you know, I, you know, I keep trying to tell people too, like, it's crazy everything has changed so much that everything is on demand and everything is right now and you know any dvd box sets you have you'll probably watch a rerun of the same thing on tv before you pull the box set out you know it's just gotten yeah yeah it's gotten crazy like i got seinfeld box sets and i sit there and watch you know with commercials on tv reruns of it 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 doesn't make any sense but that's that's what you wind up doing like um entertainment has just changed to that 
that level where it's, I don't know, I guess the lazy to a certain extent. But, but, do, but I would definitely like, recommend people who haven't seen, you know, a lot of the old CCW stuff to go see it. I just have so much current stuff that I'm still trying to see and catch up with in so many different feds that I never get around to watching. I'm not really okay. going to go back and watch the full, you know. But it's a great yeah, idea. Okay, that's cool. That's what I was going to say because like I think eventually they're going to do the same thing and give you the uh, the i the i per views too on there, or at least they'll have the immediate access to the video, the replay, or something. Um, with if you have a CZW Studios account, I think that's supposed to happen at some point too. Um, yeah. So, but would you ra- are you are you more because you said you want to pay for it once, and then I guess I jumped to this. Maybe you're saying that. Because you don't, you're saying you don't want to watch reruns or the same show you've already seen. You kind of want to see it once, and then that's it. So, but do you think that it'd be easier if you could just buy a year subscription as opposed to paying every like a small amount every month and just paying one lump sum? Is that, or are you leaning more towards you don't want to see the same thing again? So it's a hard investment for you to make because you don't feel like um, that you've already seen. It's just kind of tough because, you know, within that, you know, thought process, it's like, well, you know, maybe I'll attend this show. Well, then I'm not going to want to watch it online. So, you know, that's kind of pointless. So it is more of a month-to-month thing where, you know, if I'm going to miss a CZW show, I'll watch the iPay-Per-View. Like um, like I got my Super Spartan race on um, on uh, the Down with the Sickness. So I'm going to watch oh, that's the cool. iPay-Per-View. My, uh, my cousin does those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about them. Um, so I'm finishing out my trifecta on, uh, on that day. So, um, I'm not going to go to down with the sickness or whatever. So I'm, you know, I'm going to sit home and chill out and rest and and watch that. But, um, you know, if I was going to it, then I wouldn't want to pay for the iPay-per-view or be paying for the iPay-per-view. So it's, it's better as a month to month thing for me, but you know, if it becomes where, Hey, I'm not. You know, I got a bunch lined up this uh, next couple months. Maybe I'm not going to attend as much. You know, that might bait me into wanting to, you know, get the eye pay per view, the, okay. the package cool, or whatever. Man. You know, that's yeah, that's cool. Shane, I've been kind of asking a lot of the questions, man. Like, I know because cool, I know good. Shane, Shane, Shane's very uh, like because Shane's kind of opinion. Like, me, him, and I have very good discussions all the time about wrestling in general it seems like uh we at least have one or two phone calls a day in which we just kind of talk about wrestling and our opinions with wrestling so dude shane speak up man say say something because i i was interested in picking uh jay's brain the whole time i told him we started talking about that yesterday when we got before we got cut off uh how i just wanted to kind of hear the czw fans uh thought process on their like just their viewpoint so man dude shane Come on, man. Well, this is initially your interview. I'm just here as a spectator. <laughs> I like it. So, but like, as far as like, oh, like as far as like the um the business standpoint about like the eye pay per views, it's like I see I, I I agree with both points, but I feel like you just doing I feel like you do the regular pay per view for the notoriety, just to like put you yeah. like you, you say you want to put yourself because uh jay you said like czw needs to put itself on a higher um platform than everybody else nobody nobody else is doing pay-per-views 
So I think that's just the step to do it. I understand, like, it may be, like, um, it may be, like, outdated a little bit, but there's still, like, it's a big thing when you can scroll down your channel and see CZW, Kate to Death, uh, 16 or 17 or whatever we're on, all right on your right on your thing. You know, that's a big thing. That's a big step. You know, and if, if that's the first time ever, we got kind of got to utilize it. You know, so that's one of the things is just to step up and try to make itself be larger than life. Now we just got to fix those other little kinks in the boat before this some bitch sinks. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing where, um, you know, you can get the, the distribution, you can get a platform, you can get something to present yourself on, but if you're not treating yourself like, you know, a, a polished company, you know, you got people running out there in fucking N1 shorts and, you know... Uh, there's a lot of issues. Oh, you know, that post you made, that Facebook <laughs> post with the shorts. <laughs> they, uh, you know, a lot of it, they're not treating themselves like an actual, you know, TV-ready company. You can get a TV deal, but what is the general audience going to view you as if you're doing this type of crazy shit? And um, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they need to be doing a little bit better as far as making their product look good, making their titles look prestigious, um, making their entrances big, making, um, you know, Matt Tremont won the tournament of death, and the next month in CDW, they didn't announce that he just won the tournament of death. Yeah. When they announced his ring entrance. I, I mean, what kind, of, what kind of build is that? You know, I mean, when, when Matt Tremont went down to King of the Death match, I was there. And um, his very first match up against Tank, Ian announced him as fresh off of winning CZW's Tournament of Death, you know, last year's King of the Death match winner, Matt Tremont. Like, he announced somebody else's tournament as an accolade to the guy who was entering that ring. But CZW didn't announce their own accolade with their guy. It, it was just madness, absolutely madness. But you're going to present this to the world as a big deal. So it, it's, you know, there's a lot of issues. They really got to get the shit together. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I, I know what you mean. Just make, make everything as big as possible. Like, why not just put yourselves over and make your, make your guys look as, uh, big of a deal as you possibly can. Um, yeah. So that's pretty, yeah, I, I could see that, but I mean, I know, I, I mean, I can say this, honestly, uh, like when JT and I had a bunch of tag titles, all the, when we had all those tag titles, we wanted to bring them all out in CZW and we weren't allowed to. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's not, I can say thing. that. I know I can say that much that like we weren't allowed to bring in, bring our other titles out to the ring. Um, I think we did it once, and it was, like, super defiant, uh, and DJ was not happy about it. Um, um, that's asinine. Uh, it's just... Uh, it makes your company look better for you to walk around with a bunch of accolades. It just does, no matter whose accolades they are. Yeah, and to, and to say that your CZW original talent only boosts y'all even more. It's not even about... The belt is about the belt making y'all look that much better. So whoever beats y'all mm-hmm. looks that much better. Yeah. But here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to take a break real quick, just play a two-minute song. 
Um, come back. I want to get into this NXT, this WWE stuff, and a couple other topics, too. Sure. Man. All right. All right. Yeah, so, man. I'll mute y'all. We'll be back in two minutes. Sounds good, man. Sean Price, beef low main with the grains of long rice. Weed smoke slinging, you lames is so right to make fun of you like fuck you with plain sight. Uh, daytime views the plot schemes on the night prowl. Gage cock cream shot three in the night gown. Spray 19 at the pig who pop my brown. Blaze might sing, you might scream, nigga pipe down. Quiet on the set, no dogs allowed, pal, fire on the pet. True talk, nigga, watch the last become first like a New York nigga bakalang. Sean Sparks like John Starks. Nah, Sean Ball like John Wall. Don't catch a Washington bullet, finger on the trigger, nigga, now watch me just pull it. Pig. Take away jobs from men that have 
They need to support their family. They should be home washing dishes and cooking and pregnant and barefoot. <laughs> nice. This is a perfect heel interview. <laughs> and I, I love women, but they, they, they got to realize they're in their place. You know, you got to – they're not – they're not supposed to be wrestlers. They're not supposed to be MMA fighters or boxers. It's bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what Greg the Hammer Valentine had to say. Um, uh, pretty wild shit. Uh, what's your thoughts, man? Oh, that was heavy. Oh, that was heavy. Oh man, like here's a, like my thing is like uh I've seen a lot of women's wrestling, like on the big stage and on the small stage, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a and like and I I, I agree like sixty five percent of it is bad. I will say that, mm-hmm. but the forty the the thirty five percent left that are good, I think those are the ones that you treasure and make the industry that much better. I feel like those oh, are the yeah. ones like, you know, like the Sasha Banks and um, Bailey match was phenomenal. That was by far like probably one of the best matches I've seen all year in WWE, like mm-hmm. hands down. And um, just because like it was that one female's match and they got the two best girls, two of the best girls on the entire roster, which they probably have like 30, 40 girls. That made that made that moment treasured more. But now they do want to see more women's wrestling. You know? Yeah. I I think on the indies, however, there there's a lot of great female talents on the indies as well. But I think it's like it's what they don't do, they like it goes back to what I said earlier tonight, is about finding the what their strengths are. Finding what the strengths of each woman are. Because I think women in wrestling like they do, they do belong. Whether it's not just be wrestling, whether it be being Miss Elizabeth, you know, the uh, valet in being like a Sunny coming out and being pre- presenting the next segment, you know, it adds that extra, adds that extra um, aspect of the presentation to the show. Well, Sunny, you know? Sunny kind of felt the same way. Uh, she had uh, actually posted something not that long ago about uh, the, I remember the females need to leave the the wrestling to the guys, and you know that <laughs> she it was half of what uh, Greg Valentine said, more or less. I mean, yeah, I remember um, seeing that. My thing is like yeah, divas need to wild be, yeah, divas need to be remain divas, but women's wrestlers need to be women's wrestlers. They need to find a way to separate that. Separate the two yeah. instead of trying to mesh both together. They realized Oksana wasn't the best females wrestler, so she just remained a diva. She was a personality, and she had that extra aspect to like the backstage segments with Teddy Long on SmackDown. You know, right? Vicky Guerrero wasn't a wrestler; she was a character. You know, she added that she wasn't out there doing matches. Stephanie McMahon, not a wrestler. She added that extra like bitch to the authority angle. You know. Sure. It's needed, like like um all men, like through a, a whole wrestling show. That's like having all men in a movie. When you need a, a right. woman character to like further to further um push the story, you need that woman sometimes. You know, the woman can yeah. be the big difference, like um the turn of an angle or the like the 
or just like the climax of one, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, think I, I personally think um, I think um, CZW could definitely benefit from a lot more women in the company. I'm not saying I want to see three women's matches on the card, but um, I mean, especially when they're running double headers with WSU, you know, there's no transportation at that point because they're in the building. Um, I don't know how long that they ran shows double headers and Lefisto was so over in CZW and they just, I mean, I don't know the politics of it, but they just didn't use her. I, they had Kimberly on the um, the main card, and and they just did not use Lefisto if she was on the afternoon. Just it just seemed crazy to me. Hey, once again, it comes back to like the, like those you need to utilize those elements more. Everybody has a strength, and everybody is a everybody is like is a tool. You, but you, everybody's a part of the uh, uh, is a part of a tool, you know. Like you need the tool to utilize certain equipment to make the machine mm-hmm. run, you know. And like, um, and I feel like sometimes you're just trying to make the machine run without using these tools. You just throw them aside because oh, I can use this to do that to do that thing, same to fix that same problem. Oh, I can use this tool to fix that same problem. Oh, I can use this fix this tool to fix four, five, six, seven different problems. I don't need to use all. all right. of them. Like you're gonna wear out that tool, you know. Yeah. You're gonna it may yeah. fix it for like a quick second, but it's not gonna fix it, you know. Yeah. It's not gonna fix the problem. It's just temporary solutions, you know. Yeah. I think like we need to stop looking for temporary solutions for that one show, one event, and really start figuring out problems, you know, figuring out the problem, right. figuring out how you can fully fix it, you know, and like. There's so many like there's so many like uh, uh, the last like the last event you, you saw me uh, the last CZW show the August one like right you saw, um how many wrestlers could you just point at walking around that weren't even on the show that could have like you could have took all the wrestlers that were just there just to spectate and made a whole other wrestling event in the next like <laughs> the arena yeah you know mm-hmm. you had all these guys just walking around so much talent from all all, all aspects of wrestling. And you, none of them utilized, which could have made yeah. everything else that they show could have made it so much more, so much better. You could have kept the same matches, but you could pro- probably use those those guys and like made those segments better. Get the same people that you want over. Help these guys get them over. Even you don't have to have everybody wrestle. You don't have to have mm-hmm. everybody like take a spot, but you can have these guys help out and bring another person up. There's so many different yeah. ways you can do. Things. I think everybody's like very nearsighted and not seeing the bigger picture, or they're just being lazy, or somebody's in their ear telling them, "Oh, uh, I don't like that person, or that person. What are they doing for you? What are they doing for you? You know, I used to do that for you, and then like now you're in a bind where there's so many like ears and so many voices just in your ear. It's, yeah. it's just it's it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, and I think with you know with shows I think it's it's great to leave fans wanting more but they shouldn't leave hoping the next show is better than the one you just went to you know I mean maybe some expectations but not going man I hope next show is better than this one you should go like man I can't wait to see the next show because of such and such right right you know, but uh, you know so um anyway um NXT um 
they started off the show. They did it in Brooklyn. Started off the show with Jushin Thunder Liger against Tyler Breeze. I thought it was huge to see Liger in a WWE ring. I thought that was cool as hell. And um, I guess, you know, they got some kind of limited deal signed so he could, you know, come in here and there. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. And um, Tyler Breeze, um, he's growing on me. Initially, I just saw him as kind of a Young Bucks knockoff. That was you know, their answer to having their own young buck. But um he, you know, he's a good worker and everything and um I, I like his his work out there, so I liked Tyler for a while. I I've always thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I just I just had that chip on my shoulder with the young buck thing. <laughs> it's just like Oh yeah. He finishes with a super kick, he's got the tassels on his legs, like it's just, <laughs> he's super young bucked out, but um you know. Yeah. Yeah, I good. agree. Like, I think he's super talented. Um, I think he's pretty talented. It's just, it's, like, it's what, su- what I think sucks to me is just, like, he's just been there so long, and he's just now getting that, like, kind of a break a little bit, you know? That's the only thing that worries yeah. me about him. Mm-hmm. Then they had um, the Blood Villains versus uh, Blake and Murphy. I fuck with the Blood Villains, man. Their gimmick is off the chain. I like, um... I, I like their their gimmick, their entrance, and this is what I'm talking about with entrances. Like the way that they go so over the top, the black and white. I mean, your whole screen goes black and white, like it's old shit, and it looks like a video playing. But that's that's what they're doing with their entrance. And I think you know when it comes to these big entrances, whether it be what they're doing or what Finn Balor's doing, this is this is what a lot of indie companies lose sight of, and I really think that the performance should start when your music hits. And mm-hmm. again, like I was saying with, with the lead in packages, if you can get the crowd hyped before you even start the match, well, now we can talk about some kind of heat or some kind of build or some kind of, you know, energy out of the crowd. But if everybody's just going to walk out to the ring, I found it. Um, one of the craziest things I ever saw was I went to the first Evolve show. And Gabe had this this uh, bright idea: no ring entrance music, none. No. And the two guys were just going to walk to the ring. They almost followed each other to the ring. That's how close apart they were. They were um they were coming out and zero entrance music because he wanted to do something different. Obviously, he's changed his mind on that idea. But um, the first evolve show, the first couple of evolve shows. No entrance music, just dead silence, and he and the guys walk out, and they announce who they are. They start the match, and that that was how they started it. And I just don't think you get any build out of your guys. Like if you remember, like when Sammy Callahan was super over, and mm-hmm. um, they would they would play that Muse song, and it was it was a while before he came out. They had the blue lighting to the the arena, and that crowd got fucking hyped by the time he was out there. Same thing with some of, you know, Gage's entrances. Um, You know, they've done it before where it doesn't take a lot. Obviously, they can't put together the WWE-level entrances, but you can do some things that are subtle but still make a big difference. I I heard some fans bitching about um, Gresham's entrance on Best of the Best. It was like the probably the second maybe the second or third time he came out. And I hear this guy yelling, you know, can you just hurry up and bring him out already? Like, we don't need to hear this whole thing. I mean, 
the build of that guy coming out is half of you know what's going to lead into the energy of the match. I think. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know absolutely. the um, the Vaude villains, like I said, they really set the tone with you know that big entrance, and they're doing it really, really big with the entrances on NXT. Um, Blake and Murphy. I, I mean, you could probably swap out a hundred different guys and have the same effect. The same I just don't see anything that pops out about those dudes. They're, they're, they're talented workhorse tag team. They're mm-hmm. definitely talented in ring. As far as as far as in ring, they have it. They just like and as far as Alexa Bliss, I think she adds something to them, but it doesn't add mm. everything. She adds something, but not what exactly they need. But they're definitely yeah. like they're definitely talented, and I think like sure. Uh, I I don't even know what I I couldn't even put my I couldn't put my finger on what they would need, but I feel like in ring they're awesome, and like the Vaud villains, they they their tag team stuff is so good. They they mesh really mm-hmm. well together. I like I'm a big fan of like when guys have their character on their entrance. They start the match. They keep their characters throughout the match till the end of yeah. the bell still their characters all the way through. You see a lot of guys like yeah. kind of like when they their characters all the way to the ring and then they stop being characters cuz they got to stop and wrestle. And then when the match is over, mm-hmm. oh, we're back to me. Like no, like they keep their characters all the way through like when getting in the ring, when tagging out, when holding putting headlocks in, they stay they keep their characters and it's amazing. Yeah. Um and then next up, Uha Nation got the debut. And uh, he beat Ty Dillinger, and Uha is just awesome. He's he's Apollo uh, Cruz, which Please. to me I just feel like somewhere along the lines, uh, Vince or somebody in the back said, no, "I like that Apollo guy from Rocky, and I, I like that other big black fella, Terry Cruz. Let's call this guy Apollo Cruz." Like, I, I got I kind of feel like it's definitely one of the blackest masters. <laughs> and they did, made this dude like a combination of black people that they liked in the past or something. Um, it's a silly name, but um, to see that dude on TV is just amazing. I mean, he's a super humble dude. He's one of the most talented guys I've ever seen in the ring. Um, yeah. that, that was really cool. Um, and he's he's another one of these guys, two people um, on TV that really, really stand out as far as like – People need to stop with the bullshit aerial moves uh, on the indies and everything else. And you know, everyone wants to pull a standing moonsault, but there's probably a third of people that could actually hit that shit and make it look good. Um, not not to keep picking on Frankie Picard, but um, <laughs> he pulled the standing moonsault or what he considered to be a standing moonsault against um, um, Sammy uh, Tim Dons. And yeah. uh, that, I mean, that that's some old bullshit. When you got fucking, uh, when you got Uha doing his crisp, crazy tuck moonsault, you know, I mean, there's nothing more crisp than that. You got um, Neville hitting that crazy red arrow shit, crisp every time. He's twisting, he's flipping, and every time he lands completely flush. I mean, you can't have these guys all over the Indies crazy half-ass moonsaults and if you can't do it, don't do it. I'm not, you know, criticizing because I think everyone should be able to do a moonsault. It's obviously, you know, there's talent that backs that, but 
everybody just pulls off the best they can, and they're like, look at, you know, this is part of what I do now. It's, it shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, for guys that it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like the guys need to have more of a moveset that matches them and who they are rather than just, mm-hmm. I have the ability to do it, so I'm going to do it. Right. You know, like, um, like I, I, recently, re- recently I found that in myself over the, like, the last two years. Like, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. I could possibly do or practice and get better at doing in the ring, but I just feel like, well, that's not kind. Of, that's kind of like not me. I don't think my character or my like image would do that. So why would right. I? I'm gonna stick with what I know and what I all the good things that I hit or what I execute well. I'm gonna perfect those, and I'm gonna make those signature things. So like yeah, those things, and, um, I feel like no, not a lot, not enough people do that. Yeah, and I and I commented while I was watching the. Uh, I think I made that comment during SummerSlam after um, Neville's thing. But I'm, and someone actually commented, said, uh, you know, he gets paid WWE money to do it right. On the indies, they don't get paid to do things right. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. I mean, if this is actually a mentality people are holding. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm only getting paid, you know, this much money. Eh, this will be a good enough moonsault for this. I, I mean, that that's a crazy mentality. I, I don't know that's if that's what's actually. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, on the indie, guys have to do certain things to to make a name for themselves. I'm not saying you mm-hmm. have to do moves. I'm not saying it all has to be moves, but something about you, like you have to make yourself like a spectacle for people to want to have to pay for you or people that want to pay you to come wrestle for them. You know, like if guys want to be booked, people have, they got to understand that, um, these guys have to understand that, um, you have to be able to offer something to a wrestling promotion, to a roster, to a locker room, to a show that is willing to be, paid for it, for them to come out of their pocket for you, to fly you out, to pay your gas money to get there, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. you've got to have that mentality that you got to be a, you have to be a spectacle in some sort of, some sort of way, whether it be your character is that over the top, whether you bring a female to the ring with you that is so gorgeous, that works with your character, that it has to be seen, and your act has to be brought to that town and that promotion, whether you're that big, whether you do hardcore, it, all these elements come into play. Mm-hmm. Or the the, yeah. the the best, you know. Yeah, and you know it goes back to the same thing with the titles and and all sorts of you know other examples. But if the product you put out it doesn't look like you care, then how are the fans supposed to care about what you're putting out? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so then next up was uh, Samoa Joe versus Baron Corbin, and I didn't know until I started hearing the um. Um, the commentating that Baron Corbin used to be a um, Arizona Cardinal, so now he can go fuck himself because um, I'm a Niner fan. So, um, so yeah, Joe's another one of those guys that's really good to see him on TV and not in a DNA ring. Um, he's always been a guy that, I mean, he ruled the Indies at some point. So, to me, it would be a terrible thing for him to just be in TNA. TNA's on its way down. I mean, it's, they're losing their TV deal again, I think, in October or something, yeah, and um, you know they they got a million type of problems. They've been just hemorrhaging money since they started, and 
you know, Joe's always deserved, you know, the big screen. So it's good to see him on NXT. I've heard different things saying that he's more or less going to be just an NXT guy. Like, don't look for that guy to get called up or anything. And to me, that's fine. That's the WWE's indie, and Samoa Joe being part of it is is a good thing. Absolutely. I think there has to be guys that have to make NXT you, – you have to make NXT mean something. And I think Joe's one of those aspects – as an aspect of one of those guys. Like, um, Owens yeah. was one of those guys, but now he's on the main roster. Uh, Balor is a guy is an NXT guy that makes NXT special. Bailey is another girl. Bailey's that next mm-hmm. girl that's so on, you know. So you need to, like – I remember you said that before in a podcast before you were like um, – uh, there's, there has to be a reason for you to want to watch NXT. And those yeah. guys do that. So if Joe's going to stay there, as long as NXT is traveling and blowing up as big as it is, going to um, the U.K. now, I don't think he's ever going yeah. to he's never going to be not satisfied with staying in NXT. Sure. Yeah, and we're, we're going to you know, continually make more money. Yeah, and with Liger coming in now too, it's like it's making things better. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Then next next match was the the match of the night, and like you said, possibly match of the year. Bailey and Sasha Banks again with the entrances. You know, something as simple as you know Bailey having those uh you know wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two mans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those guys. Uh, you know, she has those guys, and they play the promo package and stuff, and they show one of them like deflating and shit, like they're you know, like they're you know defeating her, and you know it really built up the match, showing that like you know she's been just beaten down and kind of like cast aside, and she couldn't you know match yeah. up to what Sasha Banks was doing. It built it excellent, and the whole match just went so well that um, you know, it, it was just great. I, and when was the last time you've seen a build-up to a women's title match? The promo uh, promo video. It's like, that, that's I think that's what made that women's match so much special, and it put it on the same level as a men's match. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- was, I thought it was really good. And uh, Bailey getting the title to me makes a lot of sense because she is, like you said, like an NXT girl where Sasha's yeah. going to hit the main roster and do a little bigger. Yeah. And not to mention that they hit a, a top rope reverse Rana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is absurd. What is going on? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it, was, it was like one of the biggest markout moments I've ever had in a women's match. The last time I felt like that was when they had that four-way match on NXT. And all those girls killed it then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, I, I've I've missed a bunch of NXTs. Again, one of these things I just don't get around to watching as much. I work six days a week, so I mean, it, you know, actually watching a ton of wrestling just doesn't always happen for me. But um, uh, so I, I missed that. Um, you know, Bailey actually. I popped for that every time they said it, that her, her finish is the belly-to-belly suplex. <laughs> I just thought that was the coolest shit. It's adorable. But she's, she's going for the the belly-to-belly. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is awesome. You know, I, I just like that shit. Um, oh, it's great. 
So, yeah, there's not enough you could say about that match. The match is great. Um, so then going into the main, obviously, you know, stranger to a ladder match, Kevin Owens up against Finn Balor. Again, with the entrances, Finn Balor just does such, you know, big theatrics, and his entrance is just, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, they're able to, you saw, you know, reverse Ronald, like you said, they're able to do so much more indie-based stuff. People would do moves on the indies, and you go, oh, you'd never see this on TV. Well, now with WWE's own indie, they really are able to work indie-style matches within the WWE banner. So I think it's really cool, and, and they killed it out there. A yeah, hard match to follow with Bailey and Sasha, but, yeah, they, they killed it in that ladder match. Oh, yeah, man. Like, dude, like the presentation's everything. I think Balor is going to be the next Undertaker when he gets up to the main roster, not necessarily saying he's going to be, like, the the big, like, six-foot-ten big man of WrestleMania or he's going to be the streak. Like, But he's going to be that dark figure that has that cool mm-hmm. element added to the show. Because, like, the whole thing about Undertaker is just all the elements that they add to, with this presentation and the slow entrances. And it, now, like, I feel like when he's finally, like, gone and moves on with his career and his life, Balor's going to be the one to step up and make that dark, like, ominous like uh, figure with the presentation, the smoke, the... It was so cool how you saw, like, other... Like, you had other guys dressed like Balor in the entrance, and they're doing the thing. Yeah. And then you have him come up in the middle. Like, little stuff like that is just really amazing. It just makes you, like, appreciate that... Appreciate the art of the entrance. Yep. Dude, man, yep. and, the match... And all Owens had to do as far as his entrance and his presence was was sit down and look extremely annoyed and unimpressed through everything that, that they were doing with Ballard's entrance. They they just pan over to him, and he's sitting there like, fucking come on already. You know, and that was just classic what, what his gimmick is. Exactly. It's like they complimented each other with that. One one thing yeah. I did like say about that, I was like, man, they're really they're going Balor and Owens. I really wish, I really wish that um, uh, Sami Zayn was wasn't hurt, and they were able to save yeah. Sami and Owens for the ladder match. I really mm-hmm. wish that was the because that they would have blown the roof off the place. Yeah, for sure. He was doing big things there, and he got hurt, you know. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm sure he'll get that uh, big push again when he gets back. Something I said about the Sami Zayn thing. I was like, oh man, like Sami Zayn, if he never wrestles for WWE again, he had that moment where he just debuted on Raw against Cena in his hometown with Bret Hart. They can never take that moment away from him. Actually, matter of fact, nowadays, yes, they can. <laughs> Especially with the whole thing, so nothing is sacred anymore. Appreciate everything you do and try not to say anything dumb, because it will be taken <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, SummerSlam was uh, the next night, and there was a. Uh, see, the thing is, is when I see a really good wrestling show, I, I I'm almost done. Like I'm, <laughs> like I don't need to see another wrestling show that weekend. So. You know, I pushed my way through it, and I liked a lot of things from it, but I tune out in a lot of different things. I just like, all right, I'm good for now. And, like, the Orton-Sheamus, I couldn't really get into. Um, right. 
Yeah, I just I just couldn't get into it. Um, the like the they were, New Day match. Good. Where are you there? Oh, I feel like they were just going through the motions of their regular Raw matches. Orton and Sheamus. Yeah. Like, oh, let's do this regular Raw match. Yeah. Um, the New Day shit. I'm fucking with New Day, man. Initially, I thought their their gimmick was was pretty lame, but they're doing that shit hilarious now. They're coming out and singing the songs and shit. And um, I think they're funny as hell. And um, th- this is a good match. I like the match, and they went over for the titles. And I thought that was cool. They definitely, um, they definitely turned up and like turned into themselves more. They stopped being characters mm-hmm. and started being themselves. And I think people like definitely like vibed off of that. But um, the match was awesome. There was a lot of good stuff in that match, dude. Was yeah. Dude, like. Yeah. And seeing, and seeing like Callisto, like be like being able to, they don't hold him back. They let him be like do his stuff, and just seeing that on like, yeah. another luchador, finally a new luchador being able to do that is like, and someone like I'm friends with, being able to do that is like amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, I'm wondering if he's able to, you know, be a singles in the in the future. If they know how to do that with a guy at this point because. You know he's smaller, and he could be the the, the new Rey Mysterio, more or less. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, uh, he just he's just going to need to find that one thing because Mysterio had the six one nine, and all he had, all he had to do was build his whole matches around hitting the six one nine. I think Callisto mm-hmm. needs his one nine, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Um. And it was uh, Ziggler and Rusev, and um, I guess they built up this feud for a little bit with the um, with uh, Lana and everything. And, you know, they focused a lot on the Lana and uh, Summer Ray thing. It was all right. Um, I don't know. Again, I was a little bit tuned out on the pay per view, so what yeah. it was though. So that's that's another one of the matches. I feel like they just kind of went through the motions of it. You know, like yeah, like a lot of them guys are just. Happen to just be falling into that black hole, which is the mid card of WWE. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's yeah. just Brock, Take Cena, and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then they, the next match they had that uh, the guy from the Arrow show or something, and um, oh. and Neville oh. versus uh, Stardust and Barrett. And um, I don't know the Arrow guy. I wasn't impressed with. I saw nothing on the internet. But praise for how awesome he's doing. But I, I don't know. I just didn't see it. I, I guess you know if he, he's got star power to anybody, then that's that's cool to see him. I don't watch whatever show he's on, so it wasn't really anything to me. But um, you know, it was what it was, and you know, I, I'm sure it, it drew in quite a bit of fans that that were a fan of of what he does. So um, well, I'm, yeah. me personally, I'm a fan of the show. I, I've watched like both the seasons. I haven't seen the third season yet, but I'm I'm a big fan of the Arrow show. But like, uh-huh. it just it, it amazes me. Like, he, I think he did okay for the little stuff that he did. He did all right. It, it's whatever. Yeah. But like, it amazes me how like bad actors don't get the aspect of selling moves and strikes and punches. Yeah. In wrestling, but in TV shows, they're all over the place, flopping around and pulling so much drama in. I'm like, does cameras do that much to help or something? Because, like, I was like, man, he, he, he's not selling a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. 
it just, um, it just, like I said, Neville hit that that move, you know, that that red arrow at the end, and it's, that is that is just a clear example. They should show that, you know, in every locker room with uh, high flyers, and just say, look, man, if he could hit this shit crisp, I don't want to see no bullshit moonsault tonight. <laughs> you know, that's what's... <laughs> nobody else go off the top rope. <laughs> yeah, if your moonsault don't look good, this fucking guy's doing this on TV flawlessly constantly then keep your moon salt at home. I mean it just <laughs> this shit is crazy. But um uh Ryback came out wrestling looking like a Christmas elf and um <laughs> he wrestled Big Show and Miz and that that's all I got from it that he looked just like a jacked up Christmas elf and, and I didn't really give a shit about this match. I I didn't watch it at all. So um I didn't yeah. like that one. Yeah so it's all on you uh, on this one. I yeah, think, that, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got is <laughs> Christmas elf and that gear. I mean, With the red and like red and green yeah. gear. But like the, the thing is, like, and that's not one of the matches. That's not one to be like a a show stealer as far as like in ring. But you got to have a character to back up the story. And I don't think they have enough characters. They have Miz. Everybody else is just like, Bleh. but they don't have enough characters yeah. to back story to keep it going strong, especially to go into a build-up title match. Just like, eh. Yeah. Um, uh, then there was uh, more or less the Shield versus the Wyatts, which I think is the beginning of, I really do think, not to jump ahead, but it's only a match later, but I really do think they're going to wind up reuniting the Shield as a whole. And, um, you know, they had the Wyatts and... Uh, and um, Dean Ambrose and uh, Roman Reigns. And, you know, now they just added a third Wyatt, which kind of, you know, sets that, it, you know, off balance if these guys keep fighting. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it went all right. And those guys always work really well with each other. Yeah. I think the, the Shield good match. Not a lot of people talk yeah. about that match. I think it was actually good. Like, the way they started it, they did a lot of, like, really crisp, like, Tag cutoffs and stuff. They did a, real, a lot of really cool stuff, man. But like, mm-hmm. I, don't know. I feel like as far as Bray Wyatt, man, like he's so good and he's a good bad guy, but he's not a credible bad guy. You know, he's, like villains are like the reason why like villains are so you know villainous is because if they, they one they're tough to beat, and right. two. If they are beaten, there's a consequence to it. You know, like yeah. if you beat up, if you beat Spider Man, beat the Green Goblin, he's going after Aunt May or Mary Jane. He's taking something from mm-hmm. you. you know, like Joker is taking Batgirl, shooting her in the back, and now she can't walk anymore. You know, the, she's, they're, he's, they're, the villains are going to do something like to you where there's a consequence to losing. I don't think Bray has ever done or like. He's not tough to beat because everybody he loses every week, and he doesn't take anything from you. I think like he should have kidnapped right. Roman Reigns. Yeah, he should be like doing something like really, really threatening to be like a serious villain. But like as far as the work rate, he's amazing. Yeah, and I think it was a really, really bad decision initially to break up the Wyatts because I mean they built so much around him having a family and his family. You know these guys are following him and they're pretty much mindless and they, he has complete control over them. And then all of a sudden they're gone and like what the fuck? You know one's a heel, one's a face, but even the one who's still a heel doesn't really fuck with him. 
It's like, well, mm-hmm. what's going on? Like, you, you had mind control. Like, what happened to all that? And then he comes out, and he's still cutting the promos. Like, he's got followers, and this, but, but he ain't got no followers. So, I, I don't know. It just, so like, I, I think that did, uh, you know, took a big hit on his gimmick and his build as a character. So, I'm glad that they're, you know, getting back on track with it. But, you know, they got to stay true to it. Absolutely. This was like one of the, like, especially like, um, is is everything he's saying a lie? Like, does anything he say come true? Is he a man of his word? Because he's calling everybody else liars. But you know, like, it's so much, it's so many elements to like put together that aren't coming true. You know, it's, it's just a weird dynamic that's going on with this character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, next match you had um, Seth Rollins come out dressed like the White Ranger, and um, he, uh, he he fought Cena. And all match, and I and I still feel this way. It's obviously not happened immediately, but I really feel like Seth Rollins is going face. Um, he, he worked this match like a face. I mean, he's doing you know, um, you know, triple dives to the outside. Like, I don't know how many heels do that, you know. Suicide dive, running suicide dive, you know, running tope. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, he, he's working sure as hell like he was trying to please the crowd. Even the night before at NXT, they showed him in the crowd, and he kind of waved and gave a smile. And, yeah. You know, like, it, that, to me, oh, you put a heel on any, Right. He, um... He went from black gear to white gear, which to me I was like, oh man, you you guys are being blatant as hell, you know, black knight, white knight shit, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'm like, I, I don't know. I just had that feeling of the face thing. Then they pulled the uh, the turn with John Stewart, which again is you know one of those things that gets mainstream credibility. So you know there, there's right. a reason for doing that. But the match was great, you know, leading up to that. Um, I, I've really really liked within the past. I don't know, a year to two years, what Cena's been putting out there. He got a lot of criticism for a long time, but the guy's been busting his ass. He's been putting people over left and right. He's He's gone in there with everybody's indie darlings, and he's he's worked his ass off in these matches. So I've liked a lot of what Cena's doing. And, um, you know, this is another example. Put, put Seth Rollins over, too. Dude, like the match was, the match was a lot. I felt like I was like, man, is Cena a spot monkey now? <laughs> like, like, it was, yeah, like Cena became a spot monkey over 2015. But like, hey, he's like, he, it's still like it's cool for him to do it because like I feel like he finally got excited because like, wow, there's a lot of indie guys coming up on the roster soon. I want to wrestle all of them. So they're like, I'll take the yeah. U.S. belt. <laughs> so I'll wrestle all the indie guys. But he's been, he's yeah. been performing, doing like every like he's been keeping up with the guys. So there's no criticism. Yeah. You can't say anything about him. He's keeping up with everybody, and everybody else is like, and it like, I feel like it's putting everybody else in a new light too, especially with Cesaro, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, they've been like, sure. dude, it's been amazing. It's been a great year. Like as far as like, this this might have been like the best year WWE's had as far as wrestling in ring wrestling. There's never been like yeah. as much in the ring that ever. Like the the, start, yeah. the quality of this, I should say. Yeah, there's definitely you know, a lot of that indie talent has come in, and, and it's really changed the way that things are being worked in there. The work rate is way higher, and, and guys like Cena have stepped up to meet that standard. 
You know, they they went with the you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle, and he's fucking proving them wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Left and right. Like, man, um, just like, oh, man. I just really wish there was more to Seth Rollins, man. Like, as far as, like, we were talking about the presentation and adding those things at entrances, and I feel like Seth Rollins needs that so bad to make him, like, a legit, like, he's he's already a, a star, but I don't feel like he's a superstar. I think he needs that to be right. a superstar. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's bad or what he's doing is bad or he sucks. I think he's great. But, man, I just think he needs that extra thing. And that, but I feel like them giving him, oh, he needs something. Let's give him more title belts. Like, no, give him an identity first. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. Then they had the um, the three way women's tag match, and I just I think this was this was just too much in the ring. People still had the taste in their mouth. Sasha and and uh, Bailey tearing it up, and it just there was too much going on, and uh, you know it didn't impress the crowd. Pretty much shit on it. Um, Paige flipped out one on Twitter or some shit, and you know I was like, you, you know you guys want women's wrestling and. And we give it to you, and now you guys shit on it. Thanks, you know, or some kind of shit you put up there, and then you know took it down. But um, you know, like, it's not that they're blindly cheering for women's wrestling; they're they're cheering for a really good match. So if the next one isn't really good, you're not going to get the same reaction. Right. It's like, oh, was that match supposed to make like all women's wrestling great? Like, no. It's like <laughs> anything that raised the bar. That's pretty much what it does. Nobody like yeah. takes something and like when you give good quality, you expect like, oh, the last one we'll give you something kind of not as good, but you know, like no, you just raise the bar. We want this often. You, like those young girls, and with you being the champion of all those female wrestlers, like you gotta, you gotta step up harder than anybody else. Cena did it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I said, there's just so many women in that match that would have to hit their cues in order to even come close. Oh, yeah, everybody was off. Well, like, this is just not good communication. And I always feel like Mina is, like, always off with the other girls for some reason, somehow. They're just never in tune. You know, there's always something missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then, uh, yeah, Owens and Cesaro, um, you know, great to see those guys in the ring again. I, I'm always, you know, uh, you know, like the the internet goes crazy over this shit too. But it's, you know, it is cool to see these guys that you know were in CGW rings and Ring of Honor rings, and you know, be pretty much second to last match on the card and and just uh, you know, doing their thing out there. Um, again, kind of tough because you're following a match the night before where. Owens just had a ladder match with a guy, and now he's out there wrestling like he didn't just have a ladder match with a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a little tough. I mean, you almost have to like sell like injury to you know fight through the match, you know, knowing that you know on the same sort of platform you had a ladder match the night before, but yeah. it's like it's raising that bar, man. It's like it's tough. Especially three nights in Brooklyn, that's tough in itself. Yeah. So that's sure. like, but that match was that match was good. That match was awesome too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you always see when Owens feels it, you know, he just does that big 
like scream. So like he's like, oh, he's into this match. He's into it. He's feeling it right now. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's uh, doing great. I said it a while ago, too, that I really, really think that he has the opportunity to take the CM Punk spot because he's, he's got that, that regular guy kind of feel that connects with the fans that way and that arrogance about him that's that's genuine. It's not like a – it's not manufactured, and he still has that – you know, if he grabs the mic and starts to talk and do that quote-unquote shoot promo on somebody, it's it comes off authentic. It doesn't come off as – you know, everybody wants to do even on the indies, and it gets really silly. Everyone wants to do a pipe bomb promo, but this shit—I mean, it looks like you guys discussed it in the back. It doesn't look like this guy's speaking his mind about something, you know. And that's—that's that's something the Steen really or Owens has has down. He has that just—you know—that arrogant uh, gimmick, or is he just able to pull it off really, really well? And. You know, I, I think he could work with all these guys, and he could he could really fit into that CM Punk spot. They they definitely want someone to fill that spot. I, you can't tell me that they were uh, happy with the guy chanting his name a year after he left, and there's no chance of getting him back. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's why they let him be Steen. You know, he has that genuine um, fight attitude, and like there's just the he he, he has a he has a punk attitude. Honestly, he's kind of like punk. He's mm-hmm. very you know, like, uh, not self-absorbed, but he's very sure of himself, and he knows what he wants, and he knows what he deserves, you know, and he's not afraid to express right. himself. So, like, Owen's kind of, like, is pretty much the same way, and mm-hmm. and he has a... The only difference is, is, like, the only difference I see between them two is that he has the praise of the office, when Punk really didn't. Oh, yeah. Punk had to... Right? Which is even <laughs> better in his favor, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Punk had to swim upstream for for what he got. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's very, it's really, it's really like funny how it's like wow, they the rebel, the outcast, kind of getting the praise this time. So and with that, like there's no there's no telling how far he's going to go. Yeah. Um, so then then you got the main event, which is uh, you know Brock Taker and. Um, you know, it, it was great, man. They beat the shit out of each other until that, that stupid-ass finish. Um, I just oh, I, I don't really understand. I mean, I guess they had to find a way to push it to a third match without just a clean pin. And, uh, you know, I, I guess they had to find something. Um, you know, ringing the bell, I guess, causes somewhat of a, you know, quote-unquote controversy. So it's, oh, who who won, who should have won. You know, overall, it makes sense. It's just you hate to see matches end that way. So I guess, you know, we get the final payoff match, which will probably be a mania. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I love The match was awesome. Uh, I love It was the best thing. It was the best thing of a fight I've seen in a match in a while. You know, like, there's just two guys Mm -hmm. punching Slugging each other, nothing pretty. It was all just like big. Like it was awesome. And I think Brock adding that element to that match, to wrestling period, is just amazing. Because people like shitting on wrestling, then wrestlers shitting on UFC, and it's cool to see the mesh of that <laughs> in main the main events in WWE. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. 
we got like one of the best wrestling memes ever out of the match too, with the Taker laughing at her, laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that shit was hilarious. No, it was great. I literally like I had I like tweeted like Yolanda from um, Pro Wrestling Gimmicks. I was like, oh my god, this was great. You saw that too? <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. I didn't. I didn't understand the finish. Like maybe just to have controversy behind somebody winning. I guess that helps some and doesn't make the other person look bad. But I don't think, like, either, like, I don't feel like one person beating the other person outright makes any either one of them look bad. Yeah. You know, I think with, with Taker being a heel, they got to, you know, find something to solidify him as a heel and keep him a heel. If he just wins clean, it's just him winning clean, and maybe some guys start to side with Undertaker. If he wins off a screw job, maybe that keeps him hating him. You know what I mean? Like, Taker really didn't spend a whole t- lot of time as a heel. So, I-, I don't know. I'm just trying to justify it in some way, shape, or form that um, they're just trying to keep it still like a tainted victory rather than Taker wins clean. Not that it would bury Brock, but, you know, just to still make him like, ah, oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, like, I watched this match very close. Yeah, definitely. Man, like, if- it's just a wild thing. It's it's wild to me because it's like we get we we really 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 get so much from these guys. We get so much. Um, like think about all the action that happened like over the the, the course of that weekend, this past weekend. It's yeah. Like, man, what else is there left to do? <laughs> as far yeah. as like a finish, you know, there's there's nothing left to do. As far as like. Like uh, as far as the WWE product and matches and all that, but like I feel like uh, I don't I don't mind the finish as much as everybody else did. Yeah, that doesn't make. Yeah, I, I didn't hate yeah, the a, finish. A, I, well, that's that's different. At the time, I didn't like it, but you know, in retrospect, like I said, I I kind of get it. You know, I, I get why they had to do something. Right. So. But yeah, man, that's that's pretty much all the WWE talk I can handle for today. Because um, <laughs> I, I generally lean away from it. I, I've only pretty much watched the pay per views, and uh, I don't even watch Raw anymore. I caught little bits and pieces of it. I fast forward through it. Um, the Dudleys came out. I don't give a shit about the Dudleys. I can't stand Bubba Ray oh. Dudley. Oh no! Um, oh, I'm, I've seen you like blowing up about Bubba. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's he's a complete asshole. I've heard a million stories from guys doing shoot interviews about him just treating people like shit in the locker room, and anyone new coming into the company, he just treats them like shit because he doesn't know them. And I just I just think he's usually overrated. And um, Devon's a great dude. I've seen the two of them at autograph signings too, where Bubba's just just giving the shittiest looks to children. You know, and just looking miserable, like, fuck you, kid. And and Devon's smiling and shaking their hands and fucking picking them up in the air like he's their uncle and shit, you know. And Bubba's just sitting there like someone, like he just ate a shit sandwich. And I just I just don't have any respect for that guy. He just, he, he just seems completely undeserving of all the credit he gets. People pop for him like crazy. But if you notice, too, for the most part, the WWE only acknowledges the Dudleys on the Northeast. They really don't. They don't pull him out in Wisconsin, you know. Like, oh, the Dudleys are back. It's it's always like a New York or a Philly. They know where it works. 
Yeah. Yeah, like New York was the only way you're going to get that kind of reaction. Unless you do a Philly or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, so, you know. I just, well, I, I've I'm been around d I've been around Bubba. So, hmm? like, I, I've been around d before, and, yeah, I get that same vibe. I've never been around Bubba, so I can't really comment and say about that, but I've, that, like, yeah. I've heard those exact things about Bubba numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't like them, and I just, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by those guys as a tag team. Um, and then I, I saw also that they got a Sting. Sting's going to wrestle uh, Seth Rollins now. So I don't know if this is, you know, part of – I'm convinced that they're going to change him face. I don't know if this is part of it because, you know, Triple H wrestled Sting and he, he ended up beating Sting, which kind of to me comes off crazy when you unveil Sting and Triple H is scared and running out of the ring. Like, dude, you beat him. Like, I don't understand what – Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> That was weird to me too. I was like, "Why are you scared of him?" Like, <laughs> There's several of you dudes in the ring, and you're you're trying to leave the building when the guy that you beat shows up, and you know it's like you're with your boys and shit. Like I don't understand. Like, what are you so scared about? Like, if just, somebody don't want to do this, <laughs> it's just the one thing and shit. So I don't know, but yeah, yeah, like I, I guess get- that, that's cool. Now, didn't That's they take away his bat? Rounds. It is. Like, didn't they take away his bat? Like, didn't they yeah. take, like, say, like, I think they took away, like, Sting's bat and he can't use it anymore or something like that. Some dumb crap. So now, like, you get a batless Sting, which is, like, terrible. And so it's like, yeah. uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Sting and Rollins is, like, oh, man. I, uh, marquee wise, it's awesome, but they need to mm-hmm. they they really need to pull something more for for Rollins. I don't know. Yeah. Like, they need to they need to build him more. I, I I don't even say build. They just need to put more around him, and not necessarily like figure like physical items or people. Like oh, he needs J and J security and give him Kane back. No, it's like they need like he needs a moniker. You know, like he needs like I can't look at Seth Rollins and say and put what Seth Rollins is on a t-shirt. And that's why his t-shirts right. aren't that great. You know, he's always like, <laughs> SR isn't, isn't uh, an image for me. You know, like when you looked at, like, like when you looked at edge, you got like the rated R, you got the rock star look, you had all these different cool designs. You look at Orton, you got the Viper, you got all these different designs you could do. You, you looked at certain guys, you got that. And I don't get that from Seth Rollins. I think like he needs something. He needs like a whole freaking he needs an image. He needs an identity. Because I don't know what he is still. He's just a champion. Architect. Yeah. He's an architect, but, like, I don't know how to – they don't – they only say it, like, three times in five months. Like, yeah. Like, I guess he, that's what he is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's, you know, if Sting can come in and work a couple of younger guys and stuff, I'm sure they can learn something from them and – you know, it's just a cool experience to be in the ring with Sting. So, if nothing else, it's like a nice thing to accomplish. It's definitely a big thing. I, I, they better have him just beat him straight up. That's for sure. Yeah. There's no way that I almost think there's... Yeah. Uh, uh, I almost no think there'll be... Any... 
involvement with Triple H and somehow Triple H causes him a match or some shit like that and you know, that turns into you know, leads towards the face turn. I don't know. I mean there could be something that goes on. Possibly. Because even this thing Triple H match, they had so much interference on that match, the shit might as well have been a battle royal, so you know. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I I enjoyed it, but I I see what I mean. Like, it, there's no reason why it can't just be straight up, and then maybe have Triple H come like on the stage or something like that, and then leave. But I don't know. Maybe that might be that moment where, because like, right now they're teasing like Triple H. Triple H should have finished Sting a long time ago, something like that. That's yeah. pretty much where they go. You know, so we might give Seth Rollins the opportunity to do it, and he's neglected to do it, and maybe that might be his face turn, what you were talking about with Seth. So. Yeah. Which I, no, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. So uh, I think that's about all I got, man. It's almost eleven o'clock, so uh, I think I'm gonna wrap this up. But thanks for thanks for coming on, man. It's been a while, and I definitely gotta have you on more often. Oh yeah, dude. I'm always like, hit me up anytime. I'm available. So I was like, oh, anything you want to plug? Yeah, like since like. Freaking the original guest isn't here to plug his stuff. I'm gonna steal his spotlight and just plug mine. So um, <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Strickland Shane on both Instagram and Twitter. You know, I've got my website now up and running. You can buy shirts that takes you right to Pro Wrestling Tees for my shirt designs at ShaneSwerveStrickland.com. And you can follow my uh, uh, see where my schedule is so you see where I'm gonna be next if I'm coming to your town or not. Um, watch Lucha Underground. <laughs> so. On Wednesday nights at eight o'clock on um, El Rey Network, and on Saturdays on four o'clock on Unimass. If you understand Spanish, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have you back on talk a little bit more about the Lucha Underground and stuff like that. But we just got rolling on so many other things that it's just not time, man. We did a two and a half hour show, so <laughs> yeah, dude, trust me. Hey, whenever you got the chance or the time, let me know. Absolutely, man. So yeah, thanks sure. for coming on, man. Have a good night. You too, bro. All right. So there you go. There was Shane Strickland. We had David Starr on earlier. Good show. Got to chop it up with these guys, talk a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, you got your full show for the week. Uh, Definitely got beat by the uh, blog talk radio last night. But, hey, you you got like a 50-minute interview with David Starr last night. And you got two and a half hours of me talking to these guys tonight. So um, I think you guys are pretty uh, pretty set for the week. Uh, I'll let you know what's going on for next week as far as a guest or whatever else. But, you know, Wednesdays, as always, uh, we'll be doing a thing. I will be going to On Point Wrestling on Saturday, my first On Point Wrestling show. You got Nick Gage versus Scott Summers. You got uh, Matt Tremont versus Cannonball. And a Taipei death match. Uh, I think it's the 20 year anniversary of the uh, Ian Taipei death match. Uh, Ian Axel Taipei death match. Um, you got a lot of stuff on the show. You got uh, Joey Janela. I believe it's Oz Tyler and um, Devin, Devin Moore in the three way. I could be completely wrong about that match, but I think that's that's the match there. Um, they got a lot of stuff lined up. Uh, definitely go out and check out On Point Wrestling. It's going to be this weekend. I still have 
I'm a John Zander guy, T-shirts for sale, so um, check me out. I am pretty much all, I will be all out by the end of uh, this weekend and next weekend. I have pretty much all of my over XL are spoken for. I only got, um, I think, six. I got six uh, of the bigger sizes. So I got three double XL, three triple XL, and they're all spoken for. So anything from large to XL, I still have. And uh, hit me up for sure. Uh, they're limited. I'm sure I'm going to do a second run on them. Not sure if it's going to be immediately following this one. But um, I'm looking forward to everybody rocking these shirts. They're they're off the fucking hook. Hit me up. Um, go get uh, songs in the key of price. Sean Price shit on uh, DuckDown.com. Support that dude. And uh, album just came out last Friday. So shit's banging. Get on it. Um, the track I played tonight was from that. Uh, let's see what else I got. Check out the Sports Den. I uh, popped on there to talk about my Niners right quick last night. So check them out as always. Um, Stern Nation, if uh, Andrew's doing anything over there, check him out. Um, check out uh, Josh Crane at True Aim Printing. If you need anything, any uh, screen printing going on, he's your guy. Frank Febo will do the uh, the graphic work from you know all sorts of websites, posters. Uh, flyers, whatever you got, whatever kind of graphic work you need. Frank Febo is that guy. Look him up. And uh, I think that's about all I got for this week. Um, and I'll definitely have an on-point review next week and uh, much more. So uh, check me out. Talk to you guys later. Peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.